We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings. The time has come, football is that close to actually starting, that we need to do the win totals. Today, it's the appetizer, the NFC win totals, with a cuss corner mixed in between the divisions here. Oh, between two divisions at least. And then the, the prime rib, the main course, and the dessert that goes along with it, AFC win totals, will be next week. Plus, we have more NFL content that is sure to put a smile on your face coming out very, very soon. Plus, a cuss corner's coming out, a brand new one, all to get you in preparation for the season. Reminder to play in the Week 1 DraftKings Listeners League, the Pat Mayo Experience Open. It's rake-free, $15 to play, three max entry, already 15% full. There's 5,000 spots, $75,000 of guaranteed rake-free money. So go get your spots right now, down in the description. Sub to the channel, smash the like while you're here. Give me your favorite win total in the NFC. An over or an under or a push, maybe? I don't think those markets exist, but if you can find one and that's your best bet, then boom, hey, drop it in the comment section for all I care. You can go do that. Yeah, sub to the channel, sub to the podcast, rate and review five stars on the Pat Mayo Experience podcast, and runthesims.com, free player projections, for the preseason. If you just want to put an email, you want the tools for daily fantasy, for player props, for betting, 
It's all there for you. Use code Mayo to get 10% off of the season-long package. Jeff Feinberg on the line with me, looking fresh, looking straight out of the 80s. Uh, no, it's my 1994 Super Bowl jacket, Super Bowl 29. I guess that would have been January of 95, the season of of 94. So, yeah, so maybe that, but like keeping this sucker fresh, it's a beaut. And I feel like I have a healthy offseason um, where I've just sort of reset how I see, like healthy change in how I view football after just such a heartbreaking finish. So um, I think I'm very much ready to bring my um, healthy emotional changes into the new season. I hope not. Yeah. The, the, the viewers don't want that. Yeah, no, it's not real, but I just (laughs) feel like I kind of put thinking about football off for longer than I ever have before. And it's here and I'm super excited. So you're telling me that you have yet to think about which random Chargers tight end you're going to bet to have a week one first touchdown? Okay. I do think about the tight end (laughs) position more than most because people around the situation are telling me, oh, Kellen Moore is good for, for scheming tight ends wide open. So people should probably consider them as a background flyer. But you are right, Pat. Uh, I look forward to betting Parham to score the first touchdown in week one, but I don't need no chargers radio. We're, we're an afterthought in a crowded AFC and a busy NFL. Well, another person who, if you haven't been paying attention to the NFL, as much as you normally do during the off season, he has made up for more than that. At least according to my text thread that I keep getting with jets info every single day. It is Tim Undergust. Tim Undergust. That's not my name. I have been not only remarkably well-behaved, but remarkably quiet for the last month. And I'm excited for this show. You say it's the appetizer. This show is the mozzarella sticks of preview (laughs) shows. It is going to be the best possible appetizer you can have to whet that that appetite before we dive into the American Football Conference. I I think people are not going to be shortchanged here today. I think we have a lot of interesting things to say, at least I do about some of these teams in the, in the second tier conference, but there's still good teams there and there's still lots of intrigue and a bet on this conference counts as much as a bet on the other. The NFC win total show on the Pat Mayo experience, just like mozzarella sticks destined to give you heartburn. Yeah. And not of an air fryer. Stop it with your air fryer nonsense. I don't want any air fryers. Okay. Out of the oven or out of a deep fryer. That's the way to have them. I You're mean, like four months from being an air fryer guy. Like, yeah, it's true. Your trajectory on everything. <laughs> no, I started yeah, using. You, you I, I started using. September, I started using. Love it by Christmas. Yeah, I no, start- no, I don't want an air fryer. Everyone that loves their air fryers. Well, you know, you enjoy them. They're good for you. But me, I want deep fryer. I want an oven. That's what I know. Wait, wait, hold I on, hold with. That's what I'm comfortable with. Hold on. When was the last time you used a fucking deep fryer, pal? Well, I use oil to fry. Do you shallow fry things? Shallow fry or even somewhat deep fry in a wok. But you don't have a deep fryer, like a device, a deep fryer. No, I don't. I do not have one of those. But I mean, I deep fry it without you a deep fryer. just call use it a wok your deep fryer? Yeah, of course. How high do you like, do you put it like put in the put in the oil and just crank it up to max and throw shit in? Well, it depends on the oil, but yeah, I'm careful. 
Are you? Yeah, I am. And I don't need an air fryer. I, I'm, people love them. Good for them. God bless them. Let them enjoy their air fryers. I'm sure they're great, but not for me. They're just not for me. Jeff, I was very they're much I, I was very much on the same page with Tim. Like everyone was getting air fryers. I was like, yeah, whatever. I don't need an air fryer. Then my wife came home with one one day and I started using it. I was like, well, this is just faster than using the oven. This is great. This is like an Apple Watch. Like Tim will <laughs> the air fryer will have a prominent place on his kitchen counter. Something's getting the bump. It's just a couple months down the road. Oh, Paul has and his I'm hand. I'm allowed Paul- to be wrong. I, I have growth and show that I change opinions. <laughs> Paul wants to weigh in on air fryer. I know Paul's a big air fryer guy. I was anti-air fryer like you guys at first, and then I got one, and it's just like there's no cleanup. They have like it's so much better. You get like crispy fries, it's a lot easier to control. As long as you're not cooking for like a large group of people, like Top Cat, I'm telling you, air frying is for you. You would love it. Oh, great. Another person who's telling me I've got to get an air fryer. Like, God forbid I use a stove <laughs> like the average person. I, I used to no, be I'm you. I used to be you. And I've I've changed when the facts changed. I was wrong. <laughs> air fryers are the future. I, I just Minus can't see me. I can't see me having one of those big old air fryers on my counter. Well, that's crazy because it's minus 175. You get an air fryer this football season. Top Cat Dinner 01 needs an air fryer. Maybe even a dual. Do you have the dual one, Paul, or just the one? I just have the one, but I could probably use two slots. Like, you know, when you, if you're making wings and fries, like it gets dicey. You kind of have to like turn the oven on to keep your food warm in between. Um, having two port, like that would be the next level. Um, I didn't think I was going to love it as much as I do. I cook everything in there now. I barely ever use my oven. And like, I used to like make fries in like just a pot of oil. And one, it's dangerous Two, it's unhealthy. You get crispy fries in your, in your air fryer. And like, there's no cleanup. You just throw it in the dishwasher. Like Tim, get with the times, buddy. You'll love it. I guarantee it would become like you would cook ninety percent of your meals in there. Oh, more. Yeah, yeah. unless he's you, making it in the microwave, it'll be made in the air. You'll fryer. throw unless your microwave out. Yeah, unless you're cooking it in like a full pizza, which wouldn't fit in. I, I don't see what else you would cook that you wouldn't use. Like I even cooked like chicken thighs in it instead of putting it in the oven. They take like half as long to cook. Well, I could grill those. Sure, but you're not going to be grilling in the middle of the winter. Sure. Okay, then yeah, then then use your grill. That's fine. Do you, do you not? Do you, so for every piece of meat that you use, you grill? No, I, I, I usually bake. It's See, healthier. The, so this would save you a ton of time. Oh, great. So another person, another person to add to the pile of people telling me <laughs> I've got to have an air fryer, that a st- oven that was good enough for my grandmother and for my family and for me isn't good enough anymore. Might as well throw up my stove and take the element out. This is what Your I'm being told logic is so funny. Like... I've said this before, but if you were in a dentist chair before they, you know, could freeze your mouth, you'd just been like, no, my grandparents did it without. There like- are a lot of people who still don't get that Novocaine in the dentist chair. The dentist will ask you before they do dental surgery, Jeez, would you like asked. it? Yeah, would who- you like it? Because there's apparently, <laughs> I've, I've got asked this question the last time I was at the dentist's office. It was like, do you want the Novocaine? And I was like, why, why would I not want it? And the dentist said, there are quite a few people who refuse it, who do not want it, 
who grew up in a time where it either did exist or it was super expensive and are just used to not having it during dental. Okay, so you're done. like the guy who is around when they finally invent the electrical fan and you're like, no, I, I don't need it. I don't need it. Well, Tim I, is my, Tim, my, my in, elders did this summer their whole lives. In fairness to Tim, he is terrified of fan death. So that's why he doesn't use fans. <laughs> so in the comment section, please, if you are an air fryer enthusiast, please leave some sort of inspiring message to Tim. Cause Jeff's right. I think minus 175 is like, on the low end. Like if you can get 175 as your price right now on Tim becoming a convert to an air fryer, it's going to be like minus 900 in like two months. Paul, it's not going to happen. I recommended to Pat for like your birthday and for like Christmas to buy you an air fryer. That's how much has changed my cooking game at home. Like long before we had this conversation, you'll, you'll have an air fryer, buddy. And you're going to love it. You're going to love it. Let's get. I can't imagine. Let's get to the win totals. Let's start off with the defending NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles at DraftKings Sportsbook right now. Their over-under win total is 11.5, minus 500 to make the playoffs, 135 for the division, 2 plus 250 for the conference, 6.5 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Jeff, do you expect a hangover from losing the Super Bowl a year ago? Um, not necessarily. They seem to do such a, I mean, they have lost some pieces, but they seem to do such a great job at drafting and, and filling those holes. And the rookies we thought so highly of last year, they weren't even necessarily needed to play that big of a role. So now they all get a fill right in. I, I mean, I think the numbers are exactly where they should be. You're betting them at, at, um, probably their ceiling. And there's some volatility that I don't want to bend into, but I think the numbers are bang on with them in a weak conference. I, just, I The number seems right to me. It felt like a lot went right for them when they reeled off that winning streak to start the season. And then inevitably there's going to have to be some come down right now. Maybe there's not. Maybe the Eagles just steamroll everyone and that's just going to be that. But what are they, Tim, what do they lose to? Washington was their first loss in that Monday Night Football game? Yes. So And they didn't have Hurts the last two games of the season when I think they lost both games. Oh, they had lost to Dallas and the New Saint. York. They, they lost without, to the Saints, didn't yeah. they? Did they lose to the Saints? Yeah, we, I can't recall, but I know they played Minshew for the last two or three games of the season. Had they not been truly so dominant every time that there was a question put in front of them in the regular season... I would still probably hold what I would call like the most irrelevant, easiest run to a Super Bowl that I've ever witnessed. I mean, getting there by um, then playing what the Giants and then yeah. playing the 49ers whose quarterback goes out in the first, you know, at the start of the game. But they were so dominant every time they had to answer a question in the season that it's almost like you can't even use that path to the Super Bowl as a... um reason that they might not be so good it felt like they almost had the super bowl one at halftime and then you know patrick mahomes came back beat him so i i i'm gonna lean over for the eagles just because the conference is so weak i do think that they're far and away the best team like pending a hurts injury at this point they have tim's buddy mariota son as their backup now not Minshew walk but all they got to do tim is just run that play that can't be stopped and they'll be fine yeah, I like the under slightly. 
think I counted them up to 11 wins when I went through it. So you all make good points, but I happen to think that three of the five good teams in the division, in the conference habitate in the NFC East. So I think it's a bit of a, there's a slight challenge there. I think that, you know, there's three playoff teams there and Philadelphia is one of them and they may win the division, though I think they'll actually be a wild card at 11 and five or 11 and six or whatever it is. Uh, a very good team. Uh, Hertz obviously took the big step forward and they, they clearly were well coached, but you know, I, I'm somewhat of a believer in a Super Bowl hangover, but not a complete believer because, you know, last year the Bengals got all the way to the championship game. So, you know, and won their division. So things happened. Or they didn't win the division. Actually, did they? They think they. And the Chiefs had a hangover, then went to the Super Bowl, right? Chiefs, yeah. What happened? The Chiefs lost the Super Bowl and the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. So, yeah, they, so, you know, these things happen and they don't happen. You care about the uh, coordinators or it's irrelevant to you? It doesn't help. Uh, all of it, but it's still a very talented team. Uh, they lost people on defense. That's more important to me than their coordinators. Uh, but I still think they got good high-end rookies. It's so they say, the and role. that may, and that may be, that may be the case, but or second year players too. I mean, yeah. you know, they, they start with, a, you know, they start pretty easy. The Patriots the, and then the Vikings on a short week at home and Tampa and Washington. That's and, and the, the Rams, that's five, four or five pretty easy games. But then it gets sort of tough as they get into the next part of their schedule with some some big games with Buffalo, the Jets, the Chiefs, the 49ers. Then uh, they are backloaded against the Giants, who I th- actually think are pretty decent. So all things considered, I think it's a really good team. 11 wins. Slight under. Wouldn't play it either way. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. That That's not realistically where I want to be spending my money is on these futures for the Eagles at 11 and a half. But let's see what the coin has to say, making its triumphant Mm, return to the show after a long vacation. The coin will be selecting. What are we going to go? Heads for over, tails for under. The nice Pat Mayo experience, branded coin. Heads for over on the Philadelphia Eagles for L coin. Dallas. Cowboys, Tim, who you got at 10 and a half wins? Now, I like an over here. I like Dallas a lot this year. I think this is a very talented team. I'd like to, you know, un, uh, you know, take a little bit of a victory lap of somebody who made a claim on this show back in like November that Tony Pollard was a top five running back in the NFL. He's like the third running back coming off of most people's fantasy boards. He's actually a fantastic running back. He probably is indeed a top five, no worse than top 10 running back in the NFL. I was dead right about him. I like uh, that you could use the Jonathan Taylor like draft situation ADP as as Pollard's better than him. You better believe I would take Pollard over Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor was terrible. Well, of course, year. but I just mean that doesn't mean whatever. I, anyway, I but, like this Dallas team. I but, like Prescott. But, but hold, hold, I, I like, hold on. Let's pump the brakes. Like on, let's pump the brakes on this for a second. Just shut up for a second, Jeff. Because I, I need to be able to respond to your point. I do have Pollard at number three, but if Zeke was still there, he wouldn't be inside my top ten. He should be. Zeke is dust. We watched last year. I, of all people, watched intensely last year as Zeke basically had trouble getting it from one yard out, you know, with three or four attempts. It doesn't Zeke matter how good or bad. He wouldn't he be is. getting the attempts. He would be getting the attempts, especially the, the just like he's going to see in New England, he's going to get the short yardage attempts, which really kills your fantasy value if you're the other guy. I'm not so sure. I mean, but a different coordinator, a, a better. I mean, Kellen Moore's one of the dumbest coordinators i don't care for him it's only one of the few steps that i thought the chargers took wrong this season was to hire him 
I think Dallas, it's addition by subtraction for them to not have him calling plays. Uh, I like that for them. I think this is just, you know, this is a team that's made the playoffs twice in a row. And both times things got short circuited against the 49ers for different reasons. It's still a heck of a talented team in a weak division. I like them slightly more than I like Philadelphia. Um, so I'm going to take the over on them, but they don't play Philadelphia till week nine, which is unfortunate. I would have liked it. Like to see them square off a little earlier in the season while everybody's fully healthy, but case okay, Jeff, I don't know what to make of the Cowboys. Do you think that their defense, I mean, as soon as Parsons got like a little bit banged up last season, their defense took, I wouldn't say a precipitous drop off, but it wasn't elite like it needed to be the rest of the year. And maybe that's just who they truly were and that Parsons was just playing over his head and in making such an impact in every single game that they were able to kind of churn out a clunk. I mean, their offense was good, but it, fe- it felt like it stalled at all the wrong times last year. They had these huge outbursts. And I, I remember when they basically just posterized Minnesota. But then when they really needed to get that first down, it just wasn't coming. Maybe it had to do with Zeke being on the field or you know having Brendan Cooks as your second option with C.D. Lamb. I, I think that's a big improvement over having Michael Gallup uh, from a year ago. So I, I do see where they could take steps forward, but they just strike me as very much the same team that they've been now for the past few years. Yeah, I would tend to agree with you for the most part, although I am quite high on them, and I will pick them along with Philadelphia to go over their number this year. I love the Cooks acquisition. Um, normally, and I also love this the, the Gilmore acquisition on defense to complement that secondary. Normally, like two guys that long in the tooth, I wouldn't care much for a team acquiring. I thought those were perfect players for the Cowboys to Tim's point, like they're, you know, and Dak, he's so vilified, but his season ends two years in a row against a great 49er team. I don't think, uh, you know, in the narrative around those games gets so loud and him in general, great team. They're going over this total, but I can't trust them to do what some other people do because of Mike McCarthy. Um, and that's just where I stand. I don't agree with Tim um, necessarily on the, sorry. I'm not really sure about the Kellen Moore thing, but I don't like what they've done in terms of the Brian Schottenheimer, Mike McCarthy combo. I think in the end that will hold them back. You got some Brian Schottenheimer experience, Tim. How'd that go? Me too. Or we are richer for having lost him. I'm going to take a slight under because because I think that Washington and the Giants actually aren't all that bad, and I could see them splitting with them. If they split with them or even you know don't sweep them, then this becomes a little bit more difficult. They, Dallas kind of reminds me of the Bills in a weird way. Like I think the Bills are better than the Cowboys, but they're obviously in a much more difficult conference. So you're just used to getting the same thing from these teams over and over and over again, that if they ended up winning the NFC East and went to the Super Bowl, I wouldn't find it all that surprising. Cause I do think they're that good, but just, you know, there's a malaise around them. So it's good enough for me to take the under on the Cowboys. No bet for me though. The coin is going over with you guys. The coin might take every over on the board. Every team is going over this year in the NFL, according to the coin. Hmm. Good for the coin. Giants are up next. Danny Jones. Saquon, all your favorites. Darren Waller, hardly newer. Seven and a half is the total. Plus 160 to make the playoffs. Plus 850 to win the division. I don't know if Daniel Jones is going to be able to replicate the season that he had a year ago, which was quite strong. And frankly, I wouldn't say shocking, but he kind of put together all the pieces that 
you could see with the potential of him, but it felt like everything kind of went right for this offense with the talent that they've had. Now, they improved their talent, at least slightly, on the offensive side of the ball. They draft a rookie wide receiver who could you know, step in and be with their wide receiver one at some point in the season. We'll see. Uh, with Hyatt, you know, getting Darren Waller as probably your primary option for Daniel Jones. We'll see what Saquon does and to see if he's as good as he was last year. But, Jeff, this boils down to Dayball. I trust in Dayball. I think they're going to go over. Seven and a half. Well, listen, it's a one-year sample, although he was great in Buffalo as a coordinator when he was there, but I feel like he's in that Mike Tomlin zone and Mike Vrabel zone where he's just going to get the max out of all the players on his team, good or bad, that you know, if they just go you know, eight, eight and nine, I can see that. Uh, I can see them going 10 and seven. So I'm going to take the over on seven and a half. I, I really like the Giants. Yeah, I mean, they're a team that I think the market is sort of trying to pick on. I mean, not to even reference spread, but they're a over a three point underdog at home in week one. To who? I don't. Th- I don't think they're we at ever Dallas. S- Pardon? Home to Dallas, week one on Sunday yeah. night football. Like we never. You don't. A good team is not getting more than three points at home. It almost sometimes doesn't even matter who they're playing. That could be a really dumb comment. I love Dable. He will probably maximize his talent. But I'm, you know, to to preview, I, I really do like the commanders. So something the levy's got to break somewhere for me. It does feel like there could be an opportunity to Pat's point. They won, they won more games last year, and they're probably a better team and better suited for the season ahead. And the win total seven and a half. But history shows, like coach of the year winners, always the team never uh, seems to follow that up for whatever reason. You could probably put that to. They give coach of the a year to the coach that does the most with the least instead of the actual best coach. But I'm a huge Dayball fan. I got a bet under somewhere in this division under Giants. So you're going under for the Giants. I'm going over. Tim, the coin is also going under. I'm with you. I, this question comes down to, do you think Daniel Jones is a good quarterback or not? I think he's okay. Because the, because the NFC is so talent poor at the quarterback position that if you think he's good, uh, you just have to be great. You just have to be good. Then you can expect them to win eight or more games. I'm there. I think they vie for a wild card spot. I think this team is obviously extremely well coached. Uh, the schedule is not that difficult. And I think Daniel Jones continues to play at the level he played out last year, which was deserved of the contract that he then then got. And Barkley, I think, is going to have a very good season. Um, I think he has a lot to prove. He'd like to get some more money. And he has to play well in order to do so. I just think, I don't know. Let's just say I think the Big Apple's going to have fun with football this year. And I like where the Giants are sort of headed. I, I'm i going with them here. Are you predicting a Jets-Giants Super Bowl? The New York-New York Bowl? No. I like The world is cruel. And so Dallas would be the likeliest team, right? You know, wouldn't that be something? A Jets-Dallas, like you would basically have to have like a millionaire's salary to be able to afford a Super Bowl ticket. At a Dallas Jets Super Bowl. Well, you Jim Nance during uh, the St. Jude predicted Dallas Buffalo. Oh, that's really, really, really out there for Jim Nance. I mean, he's not... kind of put on the spot, but that's what he went with. No, not... that's fine. No, yeah, you're gonna say, he, he didn't pick the chalk favorites from both conferences. I, I would say that is pretty much out on a limb for Jim Nance. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I think Dallas has got every opportunity. Um, and I like this Giants team uh, for where they are situationally. Expect them to, to 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 go seven and ten or worse. I just think I don't see it happening. So. Yeah, yeah. Like if you're a believer in Dable, like I am, that I just think that 
him being on the sidelines and keeping this team and putting Daniel Jones into situations where you don't get bad Daniel Jones. You just, yes. you, don't, you don't need him to be great Daniel Jones. Be average Daniel Jones. You maximize what you do well, limit the things you do poorly. And I feel like Dayball is very good at putting all of his players into that situation. Like you, like the NFC is kind of terrible that this could they also out. have wide receivers this year whose names you've heard of yeah well that which was not the case last year where you had but by the time the playoffs rolled around you had never heard of any of those people you're i, I forgot that your guy paris campbell's on this team now well he are, is are, on there and are, I mean, are you gonna curse his achilles out of commission this year what are you gonna do to this i think guy? i think david i think paris campbell could have a very special season in new york <laughs> oh my god the, this poor fucking Just guy saying. man I also like Darius Slayton and always have. And I think Sterling Shepard's a good player. He's coming back from a pretty severe injury. And Jamison Crowder. He's there too. I mean, if Jamison Crowder if, if Jamison Crowder is seeing the field for this team, like shit has gone wrong for the Giants. Well, you know, people again, people like Sills the twenty sixth was playing last year. You never heard of him before. Cole Beasley's on this team. The bees. Till he re- till he retires after three weeks. Sure. I mean, uh, Hodgins is the guy. He was awesome in the playoffs. Yes, he was. Look, uh, there's a lot of, we joke, but there's a lot of guys on this. This guy, this team has some talent and the defense still has players on it. Like, like Leonard Williams, who who are formidable in a bad conference. I think seven and a half is actually very good value. Okay. Washington, the commandos are up next. Six and a half is their win total at DraftKings Sportsbooks. Three to one to make the playoffs right now 16 to 1 to win the division 40 to 1 to win the conference and 65 to 1 to win the super bowl i shall not be selecting them to win the super bowl i actually think that sam howell uh Seeley kind of sold me on this one so maybe i'm getting sucked into the Seeley trap as a fantasy option i think he's gonna run a whole lot more than people think i think they'll be spry but i do think that they're the worst team in this division like as much faith as I have in Dayball to make all the right decisions, I kind of feel the opposite way about Ron Rivera at this point in time. He's That's already pro- using his offensive coordinator as a setup guy. <laughs> He's already trying to cushion this fall by using his OC, who he clearly didn't even want there because he's, you know, taking, you know, backhanded shots at him. Um, I have to go under because I don't trust Sam Howell. I can't in good conscience pick a team to go over a number in a division uh, over a number that's not like two, four or five. I, if I don't trust a quarterback, I just can't. And so I won't. Do you think they I have like, think... Do, you, do you think they have like a good vibe boost with Dan Snyder gone? The, Ron Rivera is still negative vibes. <laughs> he is very negative vibes. He is very likely the first. He, he's got a, there's good odds on him being first coach fired. There has to be. Uh, he would be deserved of that. I think he's bad vibes. I don't know how many personnel changes they're going to make this year with the transition in ownership. Well, I don't know. If they start like one and five, why in the heck not show them the door? And then you got the enemy well, waiting right there. Well, no, the you would coach. want to stay. If, if things are going shit, they will stay the course to be shit. And this probably isn't a good audience for what I'm about to say because you're both on the under, so you probably won't see the other side of it. But I would argue in the NFC, they have the widest, one of the wider ranges of outcomes. Why? The, the last year's Jets. If they are one in five, and that does kind of feel like in play because they're coached by an idiot. And the division is, um, has, you know, probably two of the stronger teams at the top that someone at the bottom could get squeezed out. If things are going bad, though, they'll just let it play the course out. 
or, you know, stay the course because they'll want the first overall pick. I am picking them to the over, but I do believe that them getting a top two, three, one, first overall pick is very much in play as well. I am You'll just know. You'll know after with... two weeks whether now, you've won now, your bet. See, see I, I don't think so at all because they actually start the season off, weeks one and two, like are winnable games for them. They're That's at... what I mean. If Jeff wants the over to hit, he needs to win those first two games. I, I agree. I'm not betting it in real life. Like so, it, yes, I want the over to hit to get points here, but I could easily fate bet against them in week one. I don't even know who they're playing. Arizona, are staring at Arizona. Oh Jesus! <laughs> um, yeah, so maybe they do. They do get off the mat. The amount of fun toys on offense. I am a sucker, and maybe Jake is like smart enough to strictly be looking at it from a fantasy angle, and I am now taking the season long future angle with this fantasy brain which is an epic miscalculation, but I am excited about the possibilities of things going a lot, not Super Bowl, not even win the division, but a lot better than people think. What is different this year than last year? It's all the same guys. You could say that you really believe in Eric B. Enemy. But I was never the biggest, like, why is this guy not getting his chance guy? Um, but it, I could see it working there, or it could be a total cluster expletive. I am just in this moment still high on a lot of the, the stout names on that defense, and you can make the case some of them are just names alone at this point, but some of them have really overdeveloped and are fantastic, and I am really excited about the gadgets that are going to be run there on offense. They're over the enemy. They're overdeveloped. Like they've been drinking too much nerve tonic and now they suffer from gigantism. No, I just mean maybe (laughs) some of the guys who had less name value are showing to be exponentially better players than the guys with the, like the, the name credentials. Like chase young who has Bosa syndrome and that he doesn't play. A demanding position, but yeah, they didn't pick up his options. So there's a lot on the line for him this year. Like I, I'm, I'm looking at their full schedule right now, and I can see how they get their over because they're, you know, they're win, their win total is only six and a half. There's eight very winnable games on this, and maybe you fluke into a win here. But like Denver, Arizona, feel like they have to be wins the first two weeks. Buffalo, Philadelphia yes. are probably losses. Chicago and Atlanta have to be wins for them. They have to win one against the Giants, at least. And they played at New York in Week 7. And then after that, you have, like, New England. That's a winnable game. At Seattle, I mean, Seattle probably isn't going to be as good as they were last year. That's theoretically. I think Seattle's better than Washington, but I feel like that's a winnable game. At home against New York, you know, the Rams. Maybe you beat the Rams. I don't know. It feels like they're just on the front. Like, everything doesn't necessarily have to go right for them to be over six and a half, but like a loss to Denver and a loss to New England in Seattle, like buries them. Yeah. Yeah. And they could be horrible. Like I'm not planning any like hardcore futures on them, but I do like the over. I'm excited about what is possible there. I would hope if I am a fan of this team that like, if it goes wrong, you want it to go horribly wrong. Yes. Like you don't want a lollygag like this team often does. Yeah. Being, Six and ten or six and eleven is not yeah. a great outcome for the season. Horrible. Yeah, it would be horrible unless within that six and ten, Sam Howell truly shows himself to be a guy. But is that possible? Maybe. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I would say it's just as possible that Sam Howe is really good as it is that, like, Desmond Ritter is really good or Kenny Pickett is really good. Like, I have no idea. Yeah, I would agree with that. So let's make some picks for the division. I'm going to take the Eagles. Dallas. Eagles, but I so badly want to take Dallas, but the Eagles are just still there. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay, let's move to the NFC North with the defending division champion Minnesota Vikings, whose win total is eight and a half. Uh, when you start doing your fancy math on the Minnesota Vikings, it will show you that they wildly overachieved last year. And frankly, they weren't very good. But, Jeff, we always kind of like this team. I feel like eight and a half is low. And I don't love the rest of this division like everyone else seems to. I still think that Minnesota is probably the best team. And, I mean, eight and a half just it doesn't it seem low for the Vikings, considering they're probably just going to be like 10 and 7. I wish I knew how to articulate my point better. 
And I get they did they did it all like it was phony. They weren't respected by the market. And in the end, that probably showed to be warranted. But it's amazing to me that they can win the amount of games that they won. And they don't even get like the slightest credit. The slightest concept that hey, they really were good when games were on the line in the end. This was a rookie head coach that despite how they did it, won all those goddamn football games. This was a team with like an aging shitty defense that they have. They're trying to replenish. I hope I'm not the downside of that as the uh, guy who got Eric Kendricks. But yeah, so it's like they're the Rodney Dangerfield. I mean, they were never as pretty as their record, but they're not like a three. They're not like a slump buster at the bar either. <laughs> and in some ways they're being treated that way when there's still so much growth there. I even before... He's gotten a little more respect. I've always been a guy who's come on this show and said nice things about Kirk Cousins. Never said he was better than Rodgers like someone else. But there's still so much growth potential in a lot of the core players here, regardless of the quarterback, who I don't think is is as bad as he can be maligned to be. So, yeah, over for me. But I was a stand for these guys last year. Like, I waved their flag as they were getting shot on. And in the end, I got shot on, but they cashed all my futures in they the process. They, they cashed all your futures. And, like, I, I I, mean, I know I did, and I know Tim did. I can't remember if you did or not, but, like, we lined up to bet a, bet on the Giants against the Vikings in the first round. Like, that, that's what the tea leaves showed all of us. The Giants were going to win that game, and they did because Minnesota were giant overachievers who, you know, they, were, they probably should have been there because the rest of the division just wasn't all that good. But I... What do you make of it, Tim? I'm curious to hear your thoughts on Minnesota because I love the over. I don't love it, but I will take it. Um, by a half game, I think that they're going to go nine and eight. I there's another team in this division that I have my eye on. Oh, we know. So yeah, well, so uh, so I, I'm not really there with. Uh, but I, I you know I, I still think that if they go nine and eight, that's still a four game regression, and that's still pretty darn significant. Uh, from the year previous, they still have Kirk Cousins, who is the best quarterback in the in the division, and they still have Justin Jefferson, who is probably the most electric playmaker in the NFC. And there's a lot to be said about that in a very weak division like the NFC North and the South are both really bad. So I don't know. I think they can win nine games. Look, at their, I look at their schedule and I see a bevy of coin flip games that could go either way. Now they won every coin flip last year, it seemed so. Negative regression could suggest they might lose every coin flip game this year to, yeah, to but, balance out. But, but I don't think – but it doesn't really work like that. Exactly. I think they're going to probably win as many of those as they lose. And so 9 and 8 seems like the perfect number for these guys. So by a hair's breadth, I, I take the over. I uh, See, I, I agree with you. And I think that's one when people refer to regression, either in the positive sense or the negative sense, that it's not like, oh, they won nine games they shouldn't have. They're going to lose nine games they – could have won like if it's in coin flip games they won they went nine and zero in those games that doesn't mean if they regress they go oh and nine it just means they're probably 50 50 which would be good enough to hit this win total yeah the coin doesn't believe though the coin likes the under your team tim the lions nine and a half is their win yeah. total minus 165 to make the playoffs plus 140 to win the division like the overwhelming favorites in this division i just i see the same things that everyone else sees with Detroit. It seems like a great path they're on. They're growing. 
It's a weakish division. It's a down division. They're improving all over the place, solidifying their lines. They've done a great job of that through the draft. They're going out. They've solidified their secondary a little bit more this season. If Goff can just be as competent as he was a year ago, it's going to be fantastic news, and they're probably going to win this division. But I just feel like having any sort of expectations on the Lions is just like when you put expectations onto the Browns, that it's just going to go horribly wrong. Not to send this sideways in a res- in some respects, but they have a linkage because they seem to be the teams that Tim is obviously going to have his flags in the hardest for. If you had to, if there were odds, and I don't even know how you would quantify this question, on who will be the most disappointing team in football this year, both the Lions and the Jets would be very high on that, or short on that odds board, mainly because the expectations for them are both quite high, but I think they're both the favorites to be the teams that disappoint the most. Well, there's another team in this division that I just don't quite understand how people are talking about them the way that they are, and I'm prepared to be very wrong about that team this year because it's the team, and it's exactly the same, actually, over-under win total that I went all in on last year and nailed it at an adjusted over-under win. So there's a team in this division that I really don't like. I'm going to take the slight under but it would be a no bet for me because, I, like, I, like I said, Tim, I can see the path of them being really good. But I feel like offensively, there's a lot of unproven stuff on this team. Like your best guy, like your best running back. I mean, they have David Montgomery. Sure, they picked him up. They have a rookie running back. You have a rookie tight end. Amon Ra is great and everything, but he's still a slot receiver. He's not Justin Jefferson out there. Jamison Williams was supposed to be that guy, but he's too busy betting on his own win total. So he can't even play. And he has a hamstring injury that he can't rehab with the team because he's fucking suspended. And they brought back your boy, Marvin Jones, to play in his place instead on the outside. Like, it's not as rosy as it seems for the Lions that everyone just is penciling them in to be amazing this year. The division is awful. They have talent at every position. Uh, Koff actually has significant experience playing with good teams, and he played well last year. I don't know what there isn't to love about this franchise. It's not just the fact that they were hot down the stretch last year, which they were, but that's not enough reason. Like, you just... You Goff is very good. Jameer Gibbs is would be my pick to win rookie of the year right now on the offensive side of the ball. If I had to make a pick, I think he's going to be tremendous. Would I have taken him where the Lions did? Absolutely not. But do I think he's going to be absolutely fantastic? Yes, I do. Uh, I love that receiving core. I don't care. I'm on Ron St. Brown is great. Uh, I have always been a fan of Khalif Raymond. I've always liked Josh Reynolds. I think those are good players. And then when Jamison Williams finally does get to hit the field, he's a game changer or can be, has the potential with his speed. Sam Laporta is a really solid, I think, going to be solid tight end. And then there's there's guys all over that defensive. They, they kept their DC in place. Aaron uh, uh, Glenn, who I you know, did a very good job last year with, with a team that doesn't have a bunch of names outside of like Aiden Hutchinson. So, you know, this is a team that has everything going for it, I think. Uh, and then the NFL put them in the opening game as if there was any question as to whether the, the Detroit Lions are exciting. Uh, you know, they're in the lid lifter against the Chiefs, and I think they're going to give them a game. I'll tell you right now, I think they're going to cover the number against Kansas City in a close game. I think they're going to be a really fun team. I don't think they're afraid of anybody, and I think they are coached by somebody who showed actual improvement in his coaching, which is something you rarely see at the NFL level. He's somebody who's gotten better at his job. 
Uh, he wasn't too proud to basically stick to a system and never change. And I think that shows, I mean, that type of growth is what you want to see from a coach if they're making mistakes. It just, I have every confidence that this team is going to make some big jumps forward. And the NFC is so darn weak that uh, give them the opportunity. I, I'm with them. I'm on them. I support them. Did you but go- part of the reason you- the NFC is so weak is because the Lions are anointed as this great team, which no. might be. All the good quarterbacks from the other conference. That's the reason. I understand. But like anyone's like, yeah, the NFC, it's winnable. Like I see the path for this shitty team. It's because they'll look at like odds and like, oh, they're the Lions. They haven't proven anything. Now, I actually agree with almost everything Pat said. So I don't really need to break them down. And I I like a lot of football fans, sports fans. Like I am loving what's happening there. I'm going to cheer for them because I love any time a downtrodden team gets on the come up. I have decided this is a team that, like, I'll be excited to bet, like, week to week in the spots where I feel like are great for them, and I'll probably bet them hard. But in a season-long market, I'm just not there where some other people are. So you're going under as well? Yeah. Okay. They remind me of, I'm trying to think of the right name here. I was going to say Marty Gennetti because he was Intercontinental Champion. But there's, like, two types, at least historically of intercontinental champions. It's like the best wrestler on the card. Can they make that leap to the next level? Like a Shawn Michaels, like a Bret Hart, who use that as a jumping point to become world champion. Or are you just Jeff Jarrett every single time? Who's like a seven-time intercontinental champion that there was just no chance that he was ever going to win the WWF title. He was just, that that was going to be the peak for him. Feel like that's kind of the Lions right now. They've, They've won the intercontinental title. Will they ever be world champion? I don't think so. They don't need to be world champion to win 10 games and clear that number and win the division and make people money. Sure, but I, I agree. I, I still think Minnesota I like your analogy. I agree. I, maybe Minnesota is as good. I think Minnesota is better, but let's just say that they're as good. You can just bet Minnesota at a one win less. So I would prefer that bet of Minnesota over. Like, I'm not going to bet the Detroit under because I can see it going over. But I just, I like the Minnesota one a little bit better. And I like this next one a little bit better, too. The Green Bay Packers are seven and a half as their win total. They're four to one to win the division. I think this is one of the better division bets that is out there. It's not necessarily that I believe in Jordan Love and believe in the Packers, but it seems like they're just kind of written off as they're just going to stink this year. I I don't think that's going to be the case. They return a defense that's pretty good. If Love is competent, which we don't know, we don't know if he's good, we don't know if he's bad, but if he can be like Daniel Jones middling, I think this team could be really good. I am reading that mail. I don't know that we've spoken about this once, Pat. Uh, I have two win total bets in this conference, like real bets, not just an opinion, a lean. Uh, One of them is to the Packers over. I like what I sure not to overrate the preseason, but everything out of there seems to be like, they will be fine with Jordan love. They didn't get great quarterback play last year. Truth be told. And you stare down this roster, this depth chart, man, like I am a fan. And if Jordan love is average, they'll be really good. They'll clear this. And I'm expecting them to be above it. So I am in on everything you said there. I have bet the over seven and a half. I like that four to one to win the division. Let's hear it, Tim. The coin is going under as well on the Packers. I'm torn because they have perhaps the softest stretch to start a season. 
but then it gets pretty difficult. And so can like cricket style, can they accumulate enough points uh, at the start to hold off their opponent? I, I just don't know. I think it's going to be very, it's going to be a very close run thing. I, I don't agree with putting any money on it one way or the other. I think it's going to be right down to the wire. Um, I guess I will take an under, but maybe by a half game. Like, I, I don't know. I look at that stretch. Chicago, Atlanta, New Orleans, Detroit, Vegas, Denver, Minnesota, the Rams. That's, that's, that's their start. That's a that's really a easy very, stretch. That's, the, that's a dream stretch. But they kind of got to win almost all of them because then it's Steelers who are good, uh, Chargers who are good, Lions who are good, Chiefs. The, the uh, Giants made the playoffs. Tampa's no good. Carolina's no good. Vikings are division champion. And then Chicago again. Like that's, yes, it's easy to start, but it is tough finishing out. And I don't trust Jordan Love. And I guess another reason I have to go slight under is again, like I said, with uh, the commanders, it's, it's hard for me to pick an over on a team whose quarterback I just don't trust, as long as that over under isn't like a really tiny number. And I don't trust Jordan Love enough to take him on the over. So. Okay. I mean, I think that's a very reasonable way of thinking of this team. I can just see them like Aaron Rodgers didn't play all that well last year. So if they can just get like even you know, 90% of the production from Jordan Love of the Rodgers season from last year, I think they should be looking pretty good. Hmm. I don't know. They won eight games last year. That's or nine games or whatever it was last year. If he's 80% of Rodgers or 90%. I also think it is so disingenuous and lazy of NFL media and, you know, gel, maybe this, because Aaron Rodgers is a Jet, so the Jets have created this like self-importance about them. I'm not the Jets are in careful now. Story of the offseason. Oh yeah, we're just gonna back to Aries, just going to the Jets. <laughs> well, yeah, like that's how the Jets will solve their problems. I mean, it what would a, solve a bunch a... of problems. Pardon? It would solve some problems. It would, but <laughs> firstly, the guy has to prove he's healthy. And if he is at least half healthy, he's incredibly valuable to the Packers and their quarterback who's getting his NFL career off the ground. And I also think they're going to be competitive. So this world where like, yeah, they'll just be ready to trade him to the Jets in a month and a half is bothers me, but whatever, August. The Bears are next. The Bears' win total is seven and a half. They're plus one preposterous. I, I agree with you. The, o- the only reason that this number is seven and a half, I have to think, is because of the ridiculously easy schedule that they play. Like, they, they do have, like, nine winnable games here. Like, especially if, if Green Bay is not good and they can sweep Green Bay, then this under is not looking so good. But if Green Bay is, like, okay and, like, I don't know. Like, they play the, at the Bucks in week two. No one really expects the Buccaneers to be any good. But, like, do we expect the Bears to be, like, seven-point favorites at Tampa Bay? I don't. They're going to be underdogs in almost all those games. Like, even these games that are, quote-unquote, winnable, they're going to be the dogs in. So, I don't want anything to do with them. Seven and a half is, if you told me the number was five and a half, I would probably have to sit here and really think about it. Seven and a half is a slam dunk. Do you know no, that it's not free money because there's no free money on over under win totals, but it's darn close to it. To be Fields, is, Fields is, I believe, the highest liability for the sports books on MVP. That, and you wonder but, but, why but, 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 sports you know, books make so much money. Well, I, I actually understand that 
Because the path to MVP, which we've seen from other quarterbacks and how they can achieve that, is the Justin Fields blueprint. Vastly improve in the passing game, continue these rushing stats, and then you put up video game numbers. And then if there is a big improvement, like they win 10 games or something like that, then Fields probably is the MVP. I, I mean, I, like sort of the Hurts. Like the, last year, Hurts was... Absolutely. Hurts didn't win the MVP. I was going to say what Pat said. Yeah, but he true, ended up being the like the favorite. But he was, but he was second. Like, for the could, fact that none of the people that he's described have ever won the Lamar, MVP. Lamar won the MVP. Like he would, Lamar he, won the MVP. He is nothing like Justin Fields. <laughs> Nothing. I, I think they Lamar. They, I, I think very Lamar. Different types of players. I, I understand that, but Fields, in his best case scenario, can replicate the numbers that Lamar put up in 2019. Like he can mirror that, even if it's done differently. When you watch it on the field, the box score at the end of the season could look exactly the same. I, I, I disagree. I, I don't I, think the passing numbers can get there. The could. rushing numbers could get there. Pe- I do people, not believe that Justin did, Fields' passing did, numbers could get there. People didn't Throwing think that was going to be. passes can work. For yeah, yards. He, he threw three passes in the first preseason game behind the line of scrimmage for 150 yards. <laughs> okay. I mean, I think we're just in violent agreement here that the Bears are a god-awful franchise. Yeah, but you agree. Uh, but I, I don't even. But I understand this. this MVP stuff because when you look at the path to how guys actually get there, Fields fits that prototype of someone who could actually do it. Like no one thought the fucking Jalen hurts was realistically going to be the MVP, but they were betting on him having the season that he had to be in that conversation. And he ended up being in that conversation. If he doesn't get hurt, he wins MVP pretty plain and simple. I think And on X, the photo of that granny of granny in her rocking chair, firing money into the fireplace. That's what a bet on Justin Fields to an MVP is. I wish the market wasn't so shorted already because when you call for granny in the rocking chair, good things have happened. What's he down to now? I don't have it. 20 to one is it or or his odds. Who's around him? Who's around him at 20 to one? Dak, Tua, Goff, Deshaun. Like I think Deshaun, I mean, Deshaun Watson won't win, but he's longer odds than fields. And even though we did the, the quarterback ranking show, which everyone should go check out on the channel right now, and you have no faith in Deshaun Watson, no, but, I don't. but you could see the path for Deshaun Watson. If he was back to a hundred percent of his full capabilities played that way this year, right. he could throw for 4,700 yards and rush for a thousand. Yes, I agree. And there people are projecting that onto fields as well, because theoretically, I think that is possible. I just don't think he does it. Cause I don't think he's that good. I don't think it's possible. And certainly one out of 20 or one out of 25 are ridiculously short odds. Yes, I would not be taking Oh, I'm on the under, but I don't really need to say anything negative. Tim seems to be taking all the attention and the Bears fans can come after him. Are, are Bears fans like diluting themselves into thinking this team's going to be really good? Oh, who was our great signing? Oh, a linebacker. Fantastic news. Oh, we signed DJ Moore. What a game changer. And I like DJ Moore. He's fine. And I like Chase Claypool. But like, whatever, man. Like, this team is awful. Yeah, people are expecting the midway to return here. And maybe they're right. Like, I'm going to look really stupid when they're really good, but just I, I don't see it. Like, if we were going to take a bet, like right now, Justin Fields is 20 to 1 to win MVP. I don't think he's going to win MVP. I don't think this other guy is going to win MVP. But the same wish casting that people are putting on for Justin Fields and his path to win MVP, I don't think it's markedly different than Daniel Jones's path to win MVP, and he's fucking 50 to 1. I would sort of agree with you there to a to a point. Like Daniel Jones could rush. I would take Daniel Jones at fifty to one a million times over fifty to one Justin Fields. So they're both the same odds. I would take Daniel Jones at the same odds as as uh, Justin Fields. 
If they were the same odds, I don't think that I would agree because I do think that the ceiling for Fields. I'm is not so sure we can know the ceilings there. We're, we we have no evidence of a ceiling. Yeah, but you're you're pre- you're, you're tra- okay. You're trying to predict. You're just making out, up and- a ceiling you think maybe might possibly if he was a different person what he might look like. I think a- that's foolish. Abs- absolutely. But I mean, I, we're doing the same thing. We're going to talk about Daniel Jones. I think we kind of realistically know what his upside is. But could he throw 4,300 yards, rush for? He's a poor man's Kirk Cousins. But he rushes That's what Daniel Jones. Is. Yeah, but he rushes a ton. Like Hertz ended up scoring what, like twelve rushing touchdowns last year. Like he was so impactful on the ground that Daniel mm-hmm. Jones. Like, it was like the Cam Newton year when he, I think he rushed for twelve touchdowns. And the following year, he rushed for one. And like it just rushing touchdowns are a weird, non-predictable sure. stat unless you're always rushing from the one yard line. Like Josh Allen's going to get his seven every single year, and Hertz is going to do that too. If Daniel Jones just became that guy, all of a sudden his 676 rushing yards with 12 rushing touchdowns to go along with 4,000 yards passing look really good. It'd be the same thing for Fields, just I don't think he gets to the passing yards. But anyway, I don't know why I'm arguing for a Justin Fields, but I, I understand why you would take take that bet. And if like if you're in love with the Bears over, I get I, I if I was in love with the Bears over, I think that I would take the shot on Justin Fields. I'm not taking the shot on Justin Fields in terms of MVP, but if they do get to like 11 wins, I think he'll be in the conversation because how else are they going to get to 11 wins? Yeah, He'll be Superman. I guess. Yeah. I see what you've done there. Um, I will be wrong. I will lose money if the bears win 11 games this year. Me too. We're, we're round to unders on the bears of seven and a half. Even the coin is in full to quote Fred Durst agreeance on that one. But that is the midway point of the show. Still a ton to come, but for right now, we have a mini version of Cust Corner. Cust Corner, it's Cust Corner. Cust Corner, it's Cust Corner. He's got the hottest takes with the highest stakes. He should be president of the United States, but it's Cust Corner, it's Cust Corner. Cust Corner, he Sort of inadvertently, it feels like we almost already had one, but... Uh... I have a topic for you. Okay, fire away. Jeff, did you see the tweet that I put out with Tim saying that he could do 18 shots in oh. four hours on a golf course and be slightly buzzed? <laughs> well, that's not even half a 40. Tim's a dump truck. <laughs> I, I get that. Um... I don't think that's going to be possible, Tim. I think you would be like that guy on my bachelor party that we almost drove over on the cart path on the golf course that you would just be passed out somewhere on the course. I had this idea that for the Ryder Cup tournament that we are playing, that you should be allowed to substitute a mulligan for a shot. And that there would be a maximum amount of mulligans you could take up to 18. 18 shots. No, the mulligan would need to be worth like three shots. If I was playing you in a match and you like a shot to get out of your shank. Like... Yeah, but you know, there's a there's a point of diminishing returns there, right? Every shot you every mulligan you take is one is getting closer and closer to you taking one too many. Like under Tim's rules, like I don't know, I would just every like five holes, I would take a mulligan. I wouldn't be feeling that shot anymore. Yeah, but he's like, tr- one shot for a mulligan in a bet is not a fair deal. I would tend to agree with you, but the way that he was passing it off is that he could just do 18 shots for his bad shot on every hole and be fine. Well, I mean, and look, and this may, this story may be apocryphal, but I was under the understanding that the reason that Goff is 18 holes is because that's how many shots of whiskey 
was in the bottle of the person that helped to institute the game. And it was like a shot a hole. And that was sort of the why it's 18. And that so the idea of doing 18 shots in a round of golf, yeah, I mean, you're gonna feel buzzed, no question about it. <laughs> but like, are you gonna be like passed out? Yes. I mean, 18 shots in four hours. You if you're if you're doing absinthe, yes, sure. Which is what you seem to be recommending. What, what, what are you doing shots of? Well, what if I'm doing shots of beer? What the fuck are you talking about? But I'm just doing a quick shot of beer. Oh, I re- you've really changed the narrative on this one, haven't you, pal? I mean, I could easily do 18 to 20 shots of beer. In sure, a you're right. You can do a shot of beer, Tim. How many people are doing beer shots out there? I've not, done that before. Not what you were talking about. But I mean, if it's hard alcohol, it would depend on the stuff. Tim, let's play a round of golf. You take a shot on each tee box, I'll rip a binger. <laughs> we'll go 18. Paul had his hand up. Paul? I mean, going from beer to, or sorry, from liquor to beer is like, now you're saying that you can do 12% of like what you originally said. It's 5% versus 80%, right? Like 12 and a half. So yeah, of course, any person, a child could do, you know, 20 or 18 shots of beer. Yeah, I've done centuries before. I mean, that's the only time I've ever taken a shot of beer where you do one shot of beer per minute for 100 minutes. It's not that difficult to do. But you want to get back and you're throwing back like a shot of Jameson every single hole, you're going to be fucked. Well, I don't think that that's necessarily true. And you would be booze, but like, would you be completely polluted? I don't think so. It's like a shot every 17 minutes. And, yes. and, and, and yeah, no, I, I'm. And you can have beer as a chaser if you want. Paul, did you have anything to add to this? Because I, I think this is outrageous, especially for Tim, who like doesn't really drink. Like, yeah, if you're seasoned alcoholic and you're just putting back booze every single day, all day, maybe you can ease yourself into that and you wouldn't be vomiting at the side of your golf cart and need to go to the hospital. But. You're not, if your body is not equipped for this, you're done for. In the sweltering heat, moving around, like, you're fucked. As, as like, the resident, uh, <laughs> you know, former alcoholic who used to drink tw- uh, 26 ounces pretty regularly, like, one of the times I did it was, like, Pat's birthday. I got kicked out of his house. <laughs> uh, I was trying to wrestle him. He got, gouged my eyes a little bit. I don't remember anything. Another time, I woke up on somebody's front porch don't know who these people were. They you called slept, the. You co- slept outside the office that time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I. Well, the scary. Like the cops literally woke me up, nudging me, thinking I was dead on somebody's porch, and like I didn't have my wallet with me. Like Tim, I think you really underestimate like drinking uh, a two six, considering you don't really drink all that often. Like I was drinking all the time, and I was absolutely annihilated. And this is over a four-hour period we're talking about, too. Yeah, it's not back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back. I was saying that as in that's not a very long time frame. Yeah, like, I'm not doing a century of whiskey. Yeah, I I know. But 18 shots in four hours, man. You're done for. Absolutely done for. Like, when I was at my... Four hours. What's the most you've drank, like, say, in the last five years? What is, like... The most you ever consumed of alcohol. Because I know you don't don't drink very often. It's like four shots in an hour. So are you saying, so you're on Tim's side here, Jeff. No, I mean, his tolerance to alcohol would be a huge factor. 
But I I think you could survive the quest in better shape than you guys are leading on. It's Thank four you. shots in an hour. Thank you. Spread out in like 17-minute intervals. All right, we're going to do this. 15, no, it'd be 15-minute intervals if it was four per hour. So Sure, but I mean, some holes would be 12 minutes, other holes would be 18 minutes. Like, I don't know. The par fives would be low. Like, I'm just trying to make an av- an average, and it'd be, yeah, four and a half hours. I think you guys are severely underrating how much Maybe of an impact that's you're probably have right. I think you're un- overestimating how much alcohol. Well, then, really then we're doing it. We're I, I I will record it. We are we in the first group playing in this? No, we're not. All right. When are we? Because we're on a team at some point. You and I play on Saturday afternoon in best ball. All right. So I'll bring a thing of Jameson's, and you can do 18 shots. Uh, you can do a shot on the beginning. Can it not be Jameson? part of your, your event. I, I drink Bushmills, not Jameson's. Sure. Fine. I'll get whatever but you it's want. It's not fair to make it a match in your tournament. He's on, he, both doing he, it. He's on my team. Then the opponent's got to do it too. Your guy. No, 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 no. I'm not saying you can no, 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 no. Hold, hold, hold on. Tim's going to be fine. Slightly buzzed. People play great golf. Slightly buzzed. We'll see how no. slightly buzzed he is after 18 fucking shots of Bushnells. I'm no, 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 no. He will be he, drag. kill. We like can't even drag time. him out of the fucking cart to get him on the bus to go back to the place. You're just gonna be, we're going to leave feel, him there till the next day. You may as well forfeit the point if he's actually doing this in a match in your in your event. And now it's a two-man scramble, so I can just kind of play solo against two people if it comes down to it. But Tim has said <laughs> he, he plays better buzzed. I, I do play better when I've been drinking. It takes the, the edge off. Tim, you better contribute in that first, like, four holes. Well, it's Texas Scramble best ball, that, that force. We play individual match play on Friday. Then we play team combined match play Saturday morning. Uh, then we play team best ball, uh, Texas Scramble, Saturday afternoon, and then team individual match play again on Saturday. I've long said that we should do alternate shot rather than team best ball, but I keep getting voted down every year for that. Yeah, I'll alternate shot. Jeff, you would know this. You, I mean, my friends, I assume, are very much like your friends. All alternate shot will do in a tournament like this. And like people aren't great. Like The, the best person there is like an 8 People are out there shooting 70s this year. Are you kidding me? People have been extremely competitive this season. How many rounds in the 70s has there been this year, Patrick, that people have talked about? A dozen? I mean, I've had fifteen. I've had five. Butts has had five, and there's been like two other ones. But Ross and Shane I, have had some. I, I, I mean, I, I don't think that I'm going to break eighty at any of these courses that we end up going to. So they're tough tracks. They're tough tracks, and once you start adding a bit of liquor into it, and you're playing for four days straight, it's just not going to be the same. Then it ramps up the pressure a little bit. It's like one thing to shoot seventy eight at our club that I play every single week. Brand new course, tougher conditions. It's gonna be pouring rain like thirty mile per hour. Or wins one day but if it's really rainy but if it's really rainy that one day then like the liquor will keep me warmer oh yeah wouldn't that be an advantage i, I would think that your body type keeps you pretty warm to begin with anyway well, you need it to be does. overheated that out is there? true Do these people who complain about how an office is drafty or a room is <laughs> drafty or something there's no such thing as too drafty yes for there me. is give I me am, the draft i am i const- want the draft i'm constantly cold well, then maybe you should see a doctor. Maybe your physical health is not good. No, it's because... If you're, if you're frozen from a little tiny draft. I'm a fan of drafts. I am pro-draft. 
is horrible. Draft D-R-A-U-G-H-T and draft D-R-A-F-T. Well, it seems like you want to be doing shots of draft, which is uh, beside the point that we were doing. I there- could do a century of dra- I could do a century from a keg. Why would you have to do it from a keg? You can do it from draft beer. You can do it from bottles of beer. Someone like Cam Stewart could do a shot on each. I would agree. There's like two or three guys on this trip that could probably do it. I wouldn't say no problem. They'd be lit up, but they wouldn't be like. Well, didn't they say one of them drank a 66er last year on our trip? Yeah, the the dude from the middle of Newfoundland and the fucking Navy can put it back, man. That's not you. I played in a buddy's member guest a couple weeks ago, and one of my buddies, he drank like a Gatorade bottle full of booze by the seventh hole he was literally on the ground <laughs> like, <laughs> like such... honestly like this was a nice place it was kind of like an embarrassment <laughs> like get your I played golf together. last two years ago i played golf with a fellow at a club uh and uh i didn't know him he was the friend of one of the fellows we we're playing with he shows up in jeans and he doesn't use a t and <laughs> He brought with him two cases of beer. This is the same guy. And he shot, no, he shot 77 <laughs> for that round of golf. And he drank 18 beer, 19 beer, 20 beer in jeans. It was like watching Mozart play the piano when you're Salieri. You still can't even believe it's happening. <laughs> That's the best. I love stories like that. And it's Didn't so humbling. He used a T on the T box and was just striping it down the <laughs> middle. Oh. Like, on like top are, of that, there is yeah. nothing worse than your buddy who, like, never golfs and comes out and, like, beats you by four, five strokes. Like, never plays, ever. Ugh. It's the worst. It happens. But, oh, yes, I, I just don't think you're, you're going to survive this one. 18 shots of beer. No, that would do me. You're not doing 18 shots of beer. Or White Claws. You're not doing 18 shots of beer. about? Now you're changing it. Absolutely. You know what? Now he's terrified to do this, by the way. Not terrified. Then do it. I'm not intimidated. We're playing the practice round on Thursday. We'll do it then. Well, we could, but like my whole point was that it should be set up so that you could have a mulligan a hole if you wanted, based on the shot. Yeah, but if you only end up taking like three mulligans, then it's like going to be nothing to you. Then I we, suppose we, if you we, take one, you must have to take, you have to probably take nine if you're going to take one. Well, I was going to say like that, you're bought I, I mean, for what, that. What one shot, uh, to Jeff's original point, because no one's going to take 18 mulligans throughout the course of the round, but you want it to be penal if you're taking a mulligan, that it should be like three shots per mulligan. If you really want to yeah. take one, now you're going to, like, you take three shots in a row. I mean, at the height of my drinking, my move was just show up to the bar, just pound three shots of tequila. Then I was feeling pretty, then I was feeling warm for a while, and I didn't need to go back to the well. But that was like a nice base to set myself at, kind of buzz after like three minutes of being there. If I pounded back three shots of tequila on like the second hole, I'd, I'd have a good buzz on for like eight or nine holes, I think. Well, that would be fun. We could do that in the practice round. Yeah, but that's three I want... shots of tequila, then having to like redrop and hit the shot that you just took a mulligan for <laughs> probably might just go find that first one and play it as it lies. But what if it's lying in the trees? Knock it out. I'll stand where oh, there's a split. I'll be, it'll be like Mexico City with Phil. I was going to hit my driver out of this bush, <laughs> you see. Uh, but there's a water uh, main here. Well, I would equate it to this, Jeff. I played Cabot earlier this year with Tim, and I think we had four tall boys on the course, and Tim had the yeah. spins at the restaurant. <laughs> that did happen. So, 
That's we were out in the sun all day, too. You, you don't think that we're going to be in the sun playing golf? Well, we walked uh, the, the links, whereas we're, you know, we're driving around in carts. Yeah, but you take a lot of shots. That's a lot of energy you're expending. As Paul pointed out, the more shots that you take, the more movement you have, the more dehydrated that you end up getting. Paul. That's true. That is true. Tim also said he could do the Century Club, which I think he could maybe. That's not very hard. A hundred? A hundred? The power hour is hard. Uh, the Century Club is very difficult. I would like to see that as well. We got a lot of things. We need to start or... getting Tim to back up. You know, a lot of these things that he says he can do. We need to start getting One on shot tape. Of beer, what? Every, Why are what? we sending Tim? It's like Rush at University, right? Now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we're, we're I having did fr- recommend that we should have brought a keg with us. You when you said we could have done keg stands. You wanted to do a keg stand on a Heineken mini keg. That thing, I can be done. I, <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm light enough to do that. You might crush that fucking thing. And there's Just no same. way you can do a handstand. I used to be able to. When? When I was like six or seven. <laughs> oh. I've never really practiced. You think you could... I don't have any crash mats. You think... Hey. You, why would you need a crash mat? You can do it. Well, just in case I crashed. Tim, and like these Tim, mini kegs have like 12 beers, right? Yeah. These, yeah. They're like this big. <laughs> like they're, 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 I don't even know if you get two of his giant fucking mitts on those things to get around. Like, I mean, to be able to hoist yourself up, Tim, that's, that's going to be tough. Even on like a real keg. We should have brought a keg. Then go get one. You have the ability one. to do these things. At first, I have no idea how you get a keg. I don't know how you do a tap. I don't know how you do any of that stuff. I don't know how you put it together. I, I don't know. I just don't know. I mean, if a bunch of drunk 18-year-olds can figure out how to do it every university across any country, I think you can probably figure it out. Plus, you can't bring the the keg out on the golf course, so like, I wouldn't be able to drink it all the time. So now you're talking yourself out of it because you don't want to have to go get it now that I've mentioned it. Well, I also just don't quite understand how to do it still. They can tell you. Be like, hey, how do I tap this? They'll tell you. That's what we did when we bought it underage. Yeah, the, the the staff at the beer store would literally be able to tell you the two things you need to do. Yeah. Maybe. You no, not maybe. Like putting a deposit down on a keg? No, I just, I don't want to drink a keg by myself. That would be a lot of drinking for a weekend, drink a whole keg by yourself. But you said you could also drink a Texas Mickey by yourself. I thought I could. Y- you can't. <laughs> What are you talking about? I thought I could, but apparently the Texas Mickey is not what I thought it was. What did you what? think that it was? What what you guys call a 66er. You thought that was a Texas Mickey? Yes, I realized by the error of my ways. So you can't drink a Texas Mickey in a day now? No. No, no, I can't. You die. I don't think you could drink a 60. I don't think you could drink a 40 in a day of liquor. You'd have to start first thing. I don't think you would make it. I think you'd fall asleep. Like like I said, if I had a sixty or sorry, forty of gin in DC and started it first thing in the morning and went all day with it, I think I could could do it, but I think I'd be wrecked. I just don't think you'd make it throughout the day. I think you'd you would fall asleep at some point. I think we should you should try that for the week one Jets Bills Monday nighter. <laughs> like that should be your lead into the game. Yeah, just take all day <laughs> off, DCs and gin from yeah. six AM. <laughs> I need a mental health day. And that mental health day consists of me drinking gin all day. All right. Let's get back to the win totals. We got San Francisco 
I think their quarterback is able to throw with his right arm for at least week one this time around. Is everyone sold on Dirty Purdy? Jeff is the quarterback. People are like, oh, yeah, he's good. Maybe he is. And maybe Kyle Shanahan can coach up these mediocre quarterbacks. Maybe he's legitimately good. Could you see a scenario where maybe he's not so good? Yeah, of course. Uh, I believe in the 49ers. I believe in Kyle Shanahan, everything that goes on there. But I am not sold on Purdy. Like, if that thing went totally backwards and the slipper falls off, I am not shocked if a Mr. Irrelevant plays like Mr. Irrelevant. I mean, let's be very clear. Brady is like the outlier of life. So, I like, mentioning that is just painfully annoying. But outside of that, like, who's been drafted? Wilson third round. That was sort of the start of something. Cousins fourth round. Okay, great. But he's not, didn't even perform. He isn't even with that team that drafted him. Dak is fifth round. Um, It's just so rare. It's so hyper rare. I am not one. I don't fully believe. I almost would need to see it more than once. Like again, if they're like eight and three, I still won't believe in him totally yet. Like I'm weird like that, but I believe in the team. They had the best defense per DVOA a year ago. Uh, Dallas was number two. New England was number three. Buffalo, number four. The Jets were number five. As we've seen, Tim, year over year, it's very hard. It's, it's not, it is very hard, but it's much harder to sustain a top five defense just due to variance than it is mm-hmm. a top five offense if you return all the same personnel. I, I agree completely. So you expect to see a little bit of a downturn in the defense and like Jeff, I am not sold on the quarterback and therefore I can't in good conscience recommend an over on a team's quarterback who I don't trust. And I've seen enough of the backup to know I don't trust him. Oh no. And the guy well, they spent all their draft capital on for the, who's going to be their third stringer. Um, he can't play apparently or he, cause he's their third stringer. So I think that this could go really bad really quickly. I'm not going to predict that. I'm going to predict that they just sort of tread water. Maybe they get a wild card. Maybe they don't. But I could see this going very badly. They don't have a quarterback. But because the conference is so bad, how bad can it go? Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, they could win like six or seven games. No. I don't think so. I think they're going to be barely getting into a wild card spot. I don't know that I'm even going to pick them to win the division. I'm going to pick an under. I don't trust the QB enough. I'm sorry. I can't pick a team whose quarterback I just don't trust to win 11 or 12 games. And I just, I can't do it. And I won't do it. But Jeff, they could have the Darnold as their quarterback. Would they go That's undefeated? Because that, that is the, I told someone, someone asked me what the, the optimal outcome of the season was this year for the Pat Mayo experience. What is the most enjoyable for me, for Jeff, for Tim, for Paul, the viewers out there at large, you people, it's San Francisco led by Sam Darnold beating the Jets in the Super Bowl. That is the answer. Do you remember that King of the Hill where they went to the country music festival and Peggy kept telling everybody that Randy Travis was stealing her music and no one believed her. And then Randy Travis met with her and she told him a story and then he went on stage and stole that story from her. And all she could do is just scream, Hank, Hank, and have a mental breakdown. That would be me if this situation arose. I would just be standing around screaming crazily if this if this were to come to pass. I don't know how well I'd be able to handle this exact scenario. Then, then that's it. That's what we need to happen, Jeff. 
I don't hate the scenario. I don't hate Darnold. I would love to see Darnold win there. That would make me so happy. Um, It's not even like the whole, yeah, I don't totally believe in Purdy. The thing is, in this situation, he doesn't even have to win them games, right? So that's the thing. Like, he doesn't even have to. We're not asking him to do things that we ask the other quarterbacks to do. It's mar- like no other coach and GM in the history of the world could probably survive the draft malpractice, at least in this current time, that, that what they did ended up being. But they've created such a dominant team everywhere else that it doesn't even matter. Um, over for me. They'll be great. I'm going to go over two just because looking at their schedule based on the division, because the division's not good. It's good, not. That if they can just split their tough games, they're at their over. And I think that they, they could start 0 and 2. They could easily start 0 and 2. You, you believe in the Rams that much? Well, we'll get into it. It's at the Rams after what I think is going to be a loss to Pittsburgh. It's a tough, uh, it's a tough little spot there. Yeah, I mean, I was including the Steelers in those tough games. I was not including the Rams in those tough games. Because then the Giants, like then the Giants, you I know, you've Cowboys, Browns, Vikings, Bengals, Jags. Like, there's only two kind of easy games uh, before the 19th of November. Yeah, but they're going to be favored. Um, I, they're going to be favored in unless they start like 0 and 3 or something. They'll be favored. Are they favored at the Steelers? I would assume they're favored at the Steelers. They are by two and a half. Okay, and they'll be favored at the Rams. They'll be favored against the Giants. They'll be favored like three touchdowns against yeah, the Cardinals. The Cardinals They'll know. probably be favored against the Cowboys at home. Probably by like two and a half, three points, whatever it is. They'll be favored at the Browns. They'll probably be favored at the Vikings. They'll be, I don't know if the Bengals will be favored over them. That could be close to a pick them being that it's in San Francisco. Outside of Arizona uh, and maybe Pittsburgh, they have the worst quarterback in every one of those games. Sure, but they have the best defense in all of these uh, games. I, I know, but they got the worst quarterback. They're not, I just, just saying, beware. Beware of backing I, San Francisco. I, I, okay, do I trust, like, do I want Brock Purdy if I'm down seven points and there's 94 seconds left? Like, no, that isn't ideal. But they're not in those situations. Like, they're just not. Custom, custom regular season. Custom the coin going under on the Niners. Yeah, I, I could see how it slips away from them. However, their two toughest games before they go to the Eagles later on in the season, which is like week 12 or week 13 or something, are against the Bengals and the Cowboys. And they have both those games at home. So it did break a little bit easier for them than maybe the schedule looks like. Where'd Jeff go? I don't know. He Just was searching for treasure. Yeah, I'm hunting for treasure. Uh, we didn't make our picks for the NFC North, by the way. I'm going to take the Vikings. Who, are you going to take the Lions? Yes, the Lions. I'll ask Jeff if he ever returns to the show uh, who he is taking. (laughs) The Seahawks are up next, the second best team in the NFC West. Nine and a half is their win total. Minus 120 to make the playoffs. I'm going to go under, Tim. I don't believe. Yeah, me too. I'm going to go under as well. It just it felt like everything that could have gone right for them last year went right for them last year. Totally. Like Gino had his the best year he's gonna have. And maybe listen, maybe we're wrong about Gino. I just don't think that we are. Uh, you don't have to tell me. I agree with you. I think everything went as well as it could have gone for Seattle last season. And I expect regression to come. I don't particularly trust this team. I I, I don't. I'm I'm down on them too. Give me another under. 
Yeah, I mean, their offensive line woes, which we thought they were going to have coming into the year, never materialized. They had two rookies really stand out. Is that sustainable? Is this defense sustainable? Maybe. maybe. If the answer is yes, they're going to be really good. I, I just don't see it happening, Jeff. I'm going to be the outlier in the group here. I'm going to pick them to just keep the magic of last year uh, happening. I think the offense is incredibly dynamic. They they call the right plays. Gino makes the right decisions. They'll they'll be in good spots. Bobby Wagner is back on defense. I don't like uh, that is as big of an addition as almost anything that happened in the league, in my opinion. They draft great. I, I'm here for them to replicate last season's success. I'll take the over. Okay. The coin is with you on the over in this spot. Who did you take to win the NFC North, by the way? I'm taking the Packers. All right. So we and three. I'm betting them in real life. We have three separate picks. I think I might bet them. I'm going to pick. Yeah, I'll see how low this Minnesota plus 275 for Minnesota. If that gets up to three to one, I might jump on that. So it's over and over for Jeff and the coin under and under on Seattle for Tim and myself, the Rams, Tim, the floor is yours on the Rams. Uh, of why you like them so much this year. So do you want to give their stats? I mean, you can tell us. How many games do you think they win? I think this is a nine-win team. Okay. And they're six and a half, I, so that's very over. Yeah, it is. I'll tell you what. And part of it is I'll because the coach what. came back. i tell you what. Um, I love that McVay came back to this team. I think that's a shot of energy. He's such a fantastic coach. Uh, he didn't quit on this team. They still have the best quarterback in the division. They still have the best receiver in the division. They still have, you know, playmakers, uh, you know, on the offensive side of the ball. And then on defense, they have the best defensive, probably the best defensive player in football. Um, they're not deep by no means. Everyone knows that this team is incredibly, uh, you know, first stringers and nothing. But the NFC is really weak. And I think Matt Stafford's going to come back and hit his stride. I think that Cooper Cup is going to be – if I had the first pick in fantasy drafts, I'd take Cooper Cup in every one of them and not look back. Uh, I think he's going to have a fantastic season. Um, I, I just really like this Rams team. Their schedule is easy because of the poor play of the team last year. They've got an easier schedule. They still have good – they have players you can trust in the offense up and down the line. And a head coach that you know will always put them in the right situation to win – and uh, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get them that extra 2%. I, I love this Rams team. I, you know, in the sense of like the win total, like nine and eight, they will be right there with San Francisco fighting for the division. I don't, don't count them out. Don't count them out at all. I'm surprisingly more with Tim than you think, Jeff. I like the over on the Rams as well. And it's kind of predicated on Stafford coming back and not being hurt. If he's not hurt, I don't see why they can't be with the schedule playing Arizona twice. If we don't think that Seattle is going to be all that great, at least Tim and I don't, you do. So that changes the equation for you a little bit. Yeah. Like seven and 10, something like that. I could see that. No problem. Yeah. I mean, I've picked over on the first two and I'm still tempted to go over here in some respects. I think their range of outcomes is wide. I don't know, uh, how, because... I don't know how wide it is. Like they're not going to be 13 and four. Okay, um, that is fair. Their ceiling is chopped off because they they just they're they're not really um deep enough. They do have a lot of holes. They haven't been able to restock because of how they sort of traded away for their glory, which all makes sense. 
but I just mean they can be like a wild card team or they could be in the first overall conversation. And none of those outcomes would shock me. The first overall conversation comes from Stafford not being healthy and sure. like them calling it quits for him. I don't mean his career, but if he has something that happens, I mean, I think that's a fair question at this point. Um, and he plays a six game season and he has to shut it down on the flip side to get Tim's juices going. If he is healthy, if he is on the field, if he's healthy enough to win games, he's arguably maybe the best quarterback in the conference. Mm-hmm. You can make um, the case he and Hertz are right there with each other. If, if Stafford's healthy, you know, if Donald is healthy, then they get a play, you know, they have an extra man on defense every play because he takes two, two mm-hmm. and a quarter players, you know, to, so they can disguise some of their problems in some respect, but there's a lot of unknowns that I don't really want to bet into. Um, I'm going to take the over though, because I believe that with McVeigh and Stafford, they'll be too competitive. And as an underdog, I love them on a week to week basis with like Stafford being healthy and just chucking that ball around the field. I think from an underdog perspective there, they can make us some money on a weekly basis. We got to pick the right spots though. How do you feel about 10 to one to win the division, Tim? I think those are slightly good odds. I think that they should win this division 25% of the time. So Pat, yeah. Where do you stand, not to take the total different direction, but Tim led us here um, in my home league. That's really all I care about. I have the fourth of 10 picks. I think I will be able to see Cooper Cup. He's the guy that I want to take, even over Austin Eckler. Um, where do you have him ranked with the YRs? Well, WR, for one thing. Uh, I have him so, as the number three overall player, wide receiver two. Yeah. If McVeigh, if Stafford's healthy, McVeigh's such a genius with the calling the mm-hmm. plays that they're gonna eat. I mean, you have to at be least Cup well. You have to remember too, Cup's coming off a pretty bad injury. Oh yeah, sure. ACL. Here I'm here. I'm just betting on the come completely. That's what I'm recommending. Yeah, like like that's a that's an expression. Betting on the bet come. on the come. To, to, to bet betting on, on the, the come. He's betting on the come. Is an yes. expression. He's he's yes, waiting. He's waiting is. for this offense to blast. This is a family program, oh, yeah, Tim. Tim. We can't air this on TV. We can't air this on the internet now. You sicko. People are terrible. It's a I horse thought you meant like on the come up. Racing. Yeah. No, it's a horse racing expression. He, he just wants to bet the come, take the facial, have the money. He'll be good to go. People. I guess we're going to talk about betting on the come. I guess we're going to have to censor that now. screaming for me, so you guys keep the come talk. He has to go put earmuffs on his child, Tim. Thanks to you. It's a it's an it's a gambling expression that people who are a little bit more grown up than you all are will recognize. Anyhow, uh, you know if everything works out as it can for the Rams, uh, you know they're 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 dangerous and just I like their quarterback. So that you know that that does sound like it's a bit facile for me to be using that over and over again as a determining factor, but. No position is more important to any professional sports team than the quarterback is to a football team. And so I don't think I'm too far offline when I when I side with the, the quarterback on a lot of these. So and like you Cup wouldn't... is one of the two or three or four best receivers in football. Donald's the, one of the two or three best defensive players in football. A lot of talent on this team. And like I really like uh, you know, 
just looking at their, you know, their running back. I like Cam Akers. I like Tutu Atwell. I, anyway, I, I like, like Tutu. I, like like I don't think sure there's a do. team in the league with more new players on the roster. And I saw a thing with McVeigh. He says like the youth. It's re-energized the youth him in some ways. But I think this roster has the most new players on it. Well, Tim was right when he said he doesn't want to bet on the come if it's a flaccid offense. So I would agree with him on that. Awful. Just awful. The Arizona Cardinals win total is four and a half this season. That's uh, not great. We don't know if Kyler's going to play this year, whether or not he's going to try to come back early. I'm guessing they're going to want to try to trade Kyler Murray and try to get into the running for the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. If that's who it ends up being, obviously they have a brand new head coach. It's Jonathan winner Ganya as the head coach. You have drew Petzing as the offensive coordinators and defensive coordinator. Nick loves doing rails. This sounds like a real motley crew here, Jeff in Arizona. It's going to be disgusting, but what's exciting for the Cardinals and their fans is that um, what clearly wasn't happening in Miami, I guess, during the, the Flores situation, what clearly didn't happen in terms of the streamlined communication in Houston last year and winning that game, I don't think there's a chance that happens in Arizona because from top down, they are on the same page. And they made those great draft day trades uh, to set oh, yes. them up. Pardon? Oh yeah, that that they made some great. They, oh yeah, sorry, they made the good trade. I'm sorry. Yes. Sorry. Yeah, they got sorry. they. They're You're right. Taking You're a right. shit season, and they're they're tanking, and they're they're loading the cupboard to make any move they need to make with a new GM, with a new coach. Like it's a perfect symmetry. Um, there's nothing fancy to say. I would. This can often backfire. I would like Tim. Did you have them up? Do you have an alt under on Arizona? What are they offering in the alternate under market? I will tell you right now. You can get them at you get them three and a half. You can get them at plus one fifty. Two and a half. You can get them at plus two ninety. I think that's a good bet. I don't see three wins on this schedule. What are they to be the first overall pick? Because I would argue, like, which odd is bigger under two and a half or first. Three and a half or first overall because those I don't are know that I that. see. Uh, oh yeah, fewest. Well, fewest wins. That would be the same as first overall. Pick. Two pl- plus two twenty uh, fewest. Yeah, wins plus two twenty. So, pretty significantly. I mean, like that's those are such short odds. I mean, you might as well play them. They're only plus sixteen hundred to be zero and seventeen. I don't. No, think, that's, I, they're not going. It's it's hard. Yeah. To be, it's it's hard to go zero and seventeen. Yeah, they'll catch. They'll catch someone. They'll catch someone. They are plus four hundred to be the last team to win a game. I mean, I, 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 I think that they like. The, I wouldn't say it's their most winnable game, but I think that their best chance for a win, and I might bet the money line, is Week One against Washington. Always, the Chicago's won last year. Yeah. Houston, it tied the Colts. Like we see it all the time. The Jacksonville won, and Urban Meyer won. I think his first game or something stupid like that. Yeah, week one, just weird stuff happens. They're only six-point dogs. Colt McCoy revenge game in Washington. Here we go. You want to play some, Mike, Mike, my... play some Michael Wilson on DraftKings at 3000 bucks. Print money. Where's got, like, that game? One and it's 16 a, written it, all over it. It's in Washington. Okay, I hope you are right, Pat, because that would eliminate like 85% of eliminators. Yeah, I'm or not. Maybe t- not I, that I, many. I, I am not. T- oh, by the way, I might have like a super secret not- so secret now that I'm talking about it. Big ass survivor pool to play in for people this year. Let's dance. Yeah. I got to get all the confirmation done, but you know, it's, it's looking pretty good at the moment. 
Tim can go undefeated and win some money this time. He'll win money this time. It'll be great. He'll take Washington week one and they'll lose. I would not do that week one. That seems like if you're taking the the commanders week one in your survivor pool, you're just asking to lose. When else are you going to take them? I don't that's know, gonna, but you ain't gonna taking be, them week one. That's going to be no, the it's argument. Not. The most po- no, no, the most it won't be the most popular. The, the, the Ravens, Ravens are like nine point favorites. The Ravens will be the most by by far the most. Popular. They, they the might be the most. They, they might Tennessee. They might be the most popular, but a lot of people will take the Commanders under the because they're. I think they're the second biggest favorites in Week One after actually the Chiefs, the Chiefs? are six and a half points. But people aren't going to use the Chiefs against the Lions. They'll wait for the Chiefs in a better spot. They're like, when else would I use? It's the Seahawks and the Commanders. One of those two teams are going to Chargers. fuck you in Week, in week One Survivor. Chargers. Chargers are playing a dead fish Week One. Shut up. Armstead's actually going to be fine after you danced on his grave, Tim. I did no such thing. Jeff just mentioned it, and I said I didn't take the bait. Is he going to be fine, like, long-term? Because I I don't know that he's a lock to play week one. I think he's, like, 70-30 to play week one now. Like, it just wasn't. Because he was already in a bit of a not certain for week one before that situation. You keep telling yourself they're going to be down like eight guys. No, I'm not. Tim's the confident one. I don't want to play them week one. McDaniel's got like eight tricks. He hasn't shown anybody. And I'm going to be a whipping boy. Are you surprised? I guess Burrow's not Burrow's not playing week one, right? Or is he playing week one? It's undetermined. And I don't think we'll know even into the week one pre, you know, the pre-week one. I don't think we're going to know till it you know, pretty much the gun. I think we're at a one and a half point spread, Pat. The, it's a one. The betters it's one. are... One, the betters are under the impression he will not play. I think he's playing. And we'll get to it on the AFC show, but there's a lot of market love for the Browns to be a team. Team Tess. But we'll get to that, but I can't support them. Their quarterback's terrible. So you're not coming on the Browns? Again, I don't think I'm picking any teams like long-term whose quarterbacks I don't have some belief in. Uh, so we're all going under three and a half on the Cardinals. Four and a half, and yes, four and a half. That's a lot. Four. Wow. The coin is going over yeah. on the Cardinals. The coin knows things, so watch out. Uh, Tim did a good SJ on me here for the Rams. I'm going to take the Rams to win the division, and I'll bet them at ten to one as well. I'm coming on with you. I'm coming aboard. <laughs> we'll take the Rams as well. Coming all over. I'll me. be the guy on the show picking the 49ers. Yeah, old old value hunter old Chuck Square Jeff. Jeff. Square Jeff. Oh, 49ers. Well, oh, the 49ers, they won the division last year. How could they not win the division this year? That's <laughs> Jeff. Yeah. The South. My nice my pick this week in golf is John Rom, and my avoid player is Jim Furyk. <laughs> <laughs> That's a callback. <laughs> The funniest part is that guy invited me, has invited me every year since to come and speak to his statistics class at MIT, or not MIT, at Columbia University. It's uh, strange. Wrong guy to be doing that, but I agree to do it every time. (laughs) New Orleans, we shall start with in the NFC South. Nine and a half is their win total. Minus 190 to make the playoffs. Plus 120 to win the division. I'm just throwing this out here. I think every team in this division sucks. Under. Under for all of them, except for the Bucs, I think, is where I'm going to go. I'm going to go under. I think the Saints probably are the best team in this division, but no faith 
that this is going to go well for them. Jeff will love. You want to go, Jeff? Because Jeff because I love because I love the Saints. I love the Saints. So maybe Jeff wants to go first. Jeff, I loved them last year. We did that weekly futures contest. I kept going back (laughs) to the Saints. I still, (laughs) outside of the Chargers, the game that traumatized me the most last year would be that Saints Bucks primetime game that Dennis Allen like shot down his leg. Um, I don't know. They have a quarterback they can trust. That's the veteran talent on defense. I mean, like they're obviously the best team on paper in the division. I'm not picking them over though. I'm not. Oh, okay. I don't care. I was, I'm very surprised to hear that. Well, I don't, last year was a bit of a different dynamic. I'm I'm not a Derek Carr guy either. Like you're not going to get Derek Carr and think you're impressing me. (laughs) Jameis is look good in the preseason. Love Jameis. <laughs> Love Jameis. Chargers got a dose of Jameis. Bet him to win MVP. Jameis. If Carr got hurt week one, I would. <laughs> Without a doubt. I wouldn't blink. I'd lose money again. Who do the Saints play Love week them. one? Oh, that, there's a game. It like, is Tennessee. Yeah, it is say, Tennessee, Carolina, Green Bay, Tampa. No, England, I'm, I'm just, Houston. I'm just there's looking just at wins I, there. I'm just looking at week one. Like, I don't know if I'll go Tennessee money line, but Tennessee plus three and a half at New Orleans, just that that's a bet for you right there. There's not a, a legit loss on their schedule until like. You don't think they could lose to Carolina or Tennessee? Oh, could they? Yes. But do I think they're going to? Like, no. Like, this team could be very well last year's Minnesota. They may not be great, but they might win like 12 games because that is such a weak schedule. You know, I like them and I trust Derek Carr. And they got rid of Sean Payton, which is a plus in my books. Uh, Sean Payton last still, year. <laughs> yeah, it's still a plus. I don't care. I just want to take another shot. Uh, anyway, I just, anyway, I believe in Derek Carr. I think this team was the best team in that division last season. And everyone's gotten worse. So here we are. The Saints are the best of the bunch. Listen, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you that they're the best of the bunch, but that's a very low bar, which means it can go south pretty quickly if we're just wrong on one of these other teams. So I don't see it. Under, I don't see it. You're the only one who's over on the Saints. The rest of us, including the coin, went under. That brings us to Atlanta. Eight and a half is their win total. They're plus 105 to make the playoffs, along with the Bears. This is the one I don't understand at all. I love the under. I, I don't understand. Like, I, I loved Atlanta last year. I, I mean, they covered their win total within like six weeks of the season. I think it was like four and a half last year. Like, why why are they significant? Like, Bijan worth four wins to your team? I don't think so. Ritter me Timbers is not all that great. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is, such, this is such fantasy football wish casting that everyone just wants all these guys to be awesome. It's a lot like Jeff pointed out for years. And maybe one year the Falcons offense is going to be steamrolling everyone. But until Saxonville came along, Jeff, what did you always call the Jacksonville defense until they finally broke through that one year? Yeah, that whole team, even with Fournette. They were the college football all-stars. And they sucked every year until one year they didn't. Then they went back to sucking. Maybe that's what Atlanta can do this year. Soft division, soft schedule. I get it. I just don't see it with the guys that they have. This is when you okay. talk. <laughs> okay. I, I didn't know we were, I didn't know if it was me or Tim. I, 
everyone loves them. I'm not nearly like where other people are. I don't want to invest in them in futures markets. I don't trust them. But at the same time, it does seem like the situation and the stars are kind of aligning for them in some respects. So I am I am totally sitting on the fence with this football team right now, but I'm super excited to watch them. They're going to try to run the ball. I'm not. They're 9, terrible. Thousand Under. times this year. Yes. Under. I don't like this team. Let's see what the coin is. I don't see much talent. I don't, I don't like their quarterback. I think their defense is still bad. And I don't like much about them. I certainly don't think they're going to win more games than they lose, which is what you've got to think. Think. In order to pick them here, I think that's that's silly. In some ways, it's almost sillier than the than the Bears over under. Nine I'm wins. Gonna, I'm going to pick them over, but I'm scared. I don't, I don't. I'm scared fading their momentum, and I'm scared backing their momentum. I I don't. I'm such a bitch with this team. I guess. <laughs> All right. So three unders and an over from Jeff. So this is going to be. I guess it's going to be one outlier with everyone. This time around, the Panthers and Bryce Young, seven and a half wins, plus 205 to make the playoffs. Four to one to win the division, 40 to one to win the conference, 80 to one in the Super Bowl. Let's not worry about any of those things at the moment. J.C. Horn's going to be fine for week one, right, Jeff? Coming off the injury. And I love this. I love so many pieces on this defense. And I like Frank Wright. And I like a lot of the offensive coaches there. Um, I didn't really agree with some of their veteran signings on offense, but in many respects, Carolina's season will be considered a success if it's not a disaster. And what I simply mean by that is they don't own their first pick next year. So as long as they're like avoid a disaster season, I think their season will somewhat be a success. Seven and a half feels really high. Uh, I'm going to take the under, but I'm actually more optimistic on this team than you would think by my words. Do you think that Bryce Young is for 2019? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, do you think Bryce Young is any good? Year one? I don't. I don't know. I wouldn't even take, I just, it's a big, to me, it's a big old question mark. Unproven. Um, so I will take the under. Tim? If this were 2019, the Panthers have a great roster. Like they have Miles Sanders, Adam Thielen, Chark. Uh, you know, they have uh, Justin Houston, uh, Von Bell. Like, they, they, this would be a good team four years ago. This is an old team with a quarterback who has no experience, who I assume has to start because, like, I can't imagine Andy Dalton will start. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not interested in this team. Like, Seven and a half was more than I thought the books would ask. Like, who who's wants to invest in these guys being eight and nine i don't know and that's the weird part i don't think anyone like let to just go to DraftKings sportsbook right now and look at their win totals let's see here few that's fewest wins so like they're like they're not one of the favorites for fewest wins like they could be the worst team in football that wouldn't be unreasonable would it like if arizona won wouldn't be unreasonable if, if arizona randomly won four games you can see the panthers winning three okay i'll tell you why it's unreasonable because the team that usually has the least amount of wins is in some respects like wanting to be there or satisfied when they land there at the end, that would be a doomsday scenario in Carolina that <laughs> they can, I believe they can trade they the do. pick. They can trade the pick. 
No, they don't own the pick. They don't own oh, the yeah, pick. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so <laughs> that's why I'm saying, like, the doomsday scenario with them be being god-awful, and I believe as an organization, coach it, like, they will do everything they can to avoid that doomsday scenario. So I don't like them in that market at all. Like they have Brian Burns and JC Horn on defense and maybe someone else steps up. Maybe a group of veterans can do it, but unless their defense is really good and takes a significant leap and keeps them just in a lot of close games, they win some coin flips and Bryce Young is good. He doesn't need to be great, but he's like, an average to slightly above average NFL quarterback year one, even with Mingo and Thielen and all these guys, then yeah, I could see them potentially doing it in a bad division. I just don't think that's going to happen. I think what I would rather do is what I'm going to do is bet the Bucks over six and a half wins and probably eight to one to win this division. Like, I don't think that they're markedly worse than any of these other teams, yet the market thinks that they're absolutely god awful. Like, it's good. And maybe they trade off half their team. Uh, when they start 0-4 or something like that, then obviously they're not going to win the division. But what do you think that the, Tim, what is the winning record for this division? 9-8, and eight, but I think the Saints are decent. Sure, but let's say the Saints are slightly worse than you think they are. Could the Bucks not be? Yeah. Like, is, it, do Last you see, year it was 7-10. and 10, do, you so. see a, do you see a difference between the Bucks, Cardinal, or Bucks, Falcons, and Panthers? Not a big difference, no. Other than Tampa has some assets that people would be uh, champing at the bit to buy at the, at the deadline. The problem is why would they trade at the deadline when they're a game out of the worst division? Cause Even if like, they're playing poorly. if someone offers you something very enticing for Mike Evans, you will take it. No, That's I why. agree. I am so down on Tampa. Like, why? From why a... are you down on Tampa? <laughs> no, sorry. I mean, I will like, because I... Baker Mayfield is a quarterback. Whatever. Who and cares? that is a disaster. No, Pat, what I am meaning That's to say is, Tampa, to me, as a fan of a loser team, is is the luckiest team in the goddamn league, in my opinion. Like, if I was a ta- fan of Tampa, I would I would have wanted I would be so mad they haven't already begun this fire sale that they're trying to win a shit division. They gotta go. They gotta bring in Tom Brady. They gotta win a championship. And they could literally win one in 15 and it would be like the best thing they could ever do. But the division is so bad. Their defense is so good. Desmond Ritter, Bryce Young, Derek Carr. Do you know what they all suck at? When they're, well, I can't speak for Bryce Young. I would imagine Bryce Young will struggle when he's put under pressure and that very aggressive Tampa defense is actually perfectly positioned to succeed against the shitty quarterbacks in the in the division. I want to hammer this team under six and a half, but I can't because of the circumstances. I want to unload, but I haven't yet. Also, lots of smart people say that the market is so down on them to bet the over. I'm still saying under, but that's not what the smart people are telling me. Yeah, it's minus 140 to the under. I've seen it as low as minus 120. I'm so tempted to smash it, but I'm scared their defense can actually crush their in-division opponents and make all those games so close. And they'll probably already be close. All the negative feelings that we have for Baker Mayfield. Could he end up after this year being the best performing quarterback in this division? There's a very distinct possibility that he plays better than Derek Carr. Like that's his competition here. 
Well, well, we we have a big old question mark with the first pick in the draft. Sure, so. but we're just talking about this year. I don't think that maybe Bryce Young is amazing. I, I just don't think that he's going to be amazing this year. Like Mayfield was pretty decent with the Rams at the end of last year. And listen, he's got Evans and Godwin to throw to. That ain't nothing. Especially when... For Jim- now. Sure. Although both those guys also love getting hurt in sure. addition to uh, being trade commodities. So... I mean, I understand what you're saying, but I just think you're going to have the rug pulled out from underneath you uh, if you play Tampa. Well, I'm not, I'm not too concerned about like, betting them 8-1 to one to win the division if the rug gets pulled out on me and they're terrible, like whatever. But I think that they are just as live to win this division as any of the other teams. If they, I mean, none if of these you... teams are dominant. I mean, I, I, don't, I wouldn't hate you if you said Atlanta's going to win it, if Carolina's going to win it, if New Orleans is going to win it, or Tampa. Like, I don't have a strong enough feeling with any of these darn teams in the division. I'm just here to say I believe that New Orleans is a slight cut above. I went to check out a crazy market because if you think this team is going to win the division, if you think this quarterback is going to do what we saw another quarterback do a year ago, come back player of the year, Baker Mayfield, come back player of the year. I'm telling you, I'm also a guy who thinks Hamlin is. is, Yeah. You you think Demar Hamlin can't win the award. Like, come on. No, I don't think he can't win the award. I it's think once- as slam dunk uh, as, as Alex Smith was to win the year he won. You're what paying you an Alex about? Smith price. The guy literally, he careful died. Careful now. Actually, you know what? Don't be careful. This is good for me. He died. Good for me. Go <laughs> he ahead. He got. He died, and he got brought back to life. But his return to the football field, in terms of rehab, in his quest back, is nothing. I'm sorry. It was scary as hell, but it's not nearly as impressive as anything remotely close to Alex Smith or anyone that has to do like intensive day after day rehab. The incident itself, scary as anything we've ever seen. But I am telling you guys, once football actually starts and players who actually play and are important to their teams contribute and are the reason their teams are succeeding demar hamlin's going to be a pick and that's all i'm saying it will be it will be these current numbers are laughable to me he's been already put up on his pedestal they do not need to do it again next super bowl you know i'm what? stepping in front of a dead man jeff i don't have a player like to bet. block jeff doesn't like uh, the Jeff, feel good story of, of Jeff Hamlin. Jeff doesn't, Jeff, Jeff doesn't, doesn't think that hologram should win comeback player of the year. <laughs> we know Jeff, we know what's going on. on you Rumble, know, pal. <laughs> exactly. The, Jeff basically just gave voice to the, the silent majority on rumble. Mayfield is People 75 to one to win comeback player of the year. That's actually not terrible. He has the same odds as fucking Jamison Crowder. Tim's I'm guy. saying, okay. I know last year, nobody is have- going to win other than Damar Hamlin. It's a what will you give me? What field. will you give me for the field? If he's minus 700, give me a field line, Tim, and let's bet it. I he, want the field. He's give only, in fairness, Hamlin is minus 285 at DraftKings Sportsbook. Damn it. Well, somewhere is seven. Yeah. I'm saying. At um, Jeff's Sportsbook, so exactly, it's minus 700. Well, I'm looking at a minus 700. All, at a, all that happened was that he died and came back to life. <laughs> so right? give me a number. What's the Before field? Because I've asked I would this- ask our friends on the campaign to you know go back a couple of minutes and clip those <laughs> that minute, put it in the can for our ad Hold on. Why? in a because few months. I said a guy we're going to run that. A guy's going to be a pick and he still might win, but there's opportunity in this market. Because I'm just saying, got, but- you better go to Wisconsin this year, pal, because I got some clips for you this year. Yeah, and, I, you, and last year, Tim didn't campaign because you, you, you fell down. 
your fat ass in an F1 car and you F1 car and you think it's discriminatory, you can't. And you're going to come at me with anything I say about sports? Yes, I don't care. I, I am. Well, you, well, you sound you certainly sound like a person who doesn't care. I don't care. You're going to go at me about F1? Well, I don't care. Yeah, you certainly sound like a Jeffrey. There's nothing I can say. I'll have my sports takes. So many of them will be wrong. You're literally just going to say the dumbest shit. I am not worried. Do I, I am I am I nervous that you're going to get really on the campaign wagon after abandoning it last year? I am a little bit. But in be. the end, in the end, it all comes down to this simple fact for people who want to take a fair and balanced approach to this thing. Number one, I acknowledge like something ain't right here. I acknowledge there's nothing normal going on here. That exponentially makes me less insane than you who thinks your actions are par for the daily course of everyday people. They are normal with his 18, That's why I'll with, win. with his 18 That's shots on win, the golf always. course. You, look, I guess you can't drink 18 shots of beer. No, uh, <laughs> beer. This is him talking himself out of actually having to do this. And he doesn't want to go to the hospital. Alcohol poisoning. Give me a line. What do I get for the field on Hamlin? I don't know. I don't What's know. What's a fair number? What's it right now? Well, there's no. I field. asked it's just a sports book else. for a number, so I, I have one number um, that I've been given by a sports book because I requested it. Give me a field first, Hamlin. Now, what would, do they give you? Plus two hundred. Plus one seventy five. Plus two fifty. That's a good number. Not at the book where it was minus seven hundred that he would win, but at minus two eighty five that he would win. Plus two fifty is a reasonable number to get for the field. I don't know. Jeff is so da- the He's Jeff is intimidating me again. Safety. Jeff's He's confidence intimidated me out of a bet. Just the way what? he intimidated me out of the Finau bet, and I would have won it. Now he's intimidated my- <laughs> out of this bet. My confidence is that this thing is going to be like a head-to-head race with players who actually play and are important to their team, who actually recovered from something, and uh, a guy who, who. Sorry, I take that. Oh, back. Jeffrey! I oh, Jeffrey! <laughs> I just mean it's an Alex Smith price, beep, but it is beep, not an beep, Alex Smith beep, situation. Beep, beep. That's the that's the talk <laughs> backing up. That's a restart. That's argument. It's not an Alex Smith situation. You're paying an Alex Smith price. That is really the core of my argument. I will take the Bucks to win the NFC South. Jeff, who are you taking? I'm I I pussyfooted around, but I'm gonna ride the public wave. I, I hate them all, but give me Atlanta. All right. And Tim, you're taking New Orleans? Yep. And did you go over or under six and a half wins for the Bucks? I'm under. So I'm the only one on the over. So a division where there's just one outlier for each of the teams going the opposite way. So maybe maybe we can all be right on our little silos here on each of them. I actually like that you've talked me into Baker, like doing what Gino did. There we are. Hero Mm -hmm. of the year, Baker Mayfield. (laughs) He actually has come back from something. (laughs) Being bad. Far more impressive than uh, than than, uh, than Demar Hamlin. No, you're right. He doesn't check the most important box. Like he wasn't hurt. It was just bad or benched. But with that award, it's just yes. I am picking on a dead man in a narrative based award. But here's the thing: I also haven't made a bet in the market other than wanting to bet the field. I just feel like as a football fan, 
you can take them being so wrong on the favorites price and you can identify who you think might give yourself an opportunity. It's time for our NFC championship picks. Who over who this season in the NFC? I feel like Tim is going to say Detroit over Dallas. Would I be correct? You have hit it, sir. That's based on what you've said on this show. That would be uh, what that comes out to. I don't know who I'm going to pick. I don't want to take anyone in the South. I'm not going to not going to pick Tampa in this situation. I'll go. Do I want to put the Rams in there? Ram, get rammed, pal. Rampede 2.0. I'll go. I mean, I just think Philly's going to win it again. I'll go Philly over the Rams. Why not? Philly over the, you know what? Philly over Minnesota is what I will take in the NFC championship game. Jeff. Okay. So we are kind of on the same level here, Pat. I have gone Philly over green Bay. I love that roster. Jordan Love is going to be good. They'll be they'll be fine. Or go to the playoffs. Green Bay to make the playoffs. All three of us have an NFC North team in the championship game. To watch it be That's the Bears. Awesome. Fields probably cash that MVP bet if they make the NFC championship game. Well, they don't. I love vote, that. That is them. so cool that we all picked a different team from a shitty division. What were you going to say, Tim? The MVP is decided by the end of the regular season. Yeah, so. but that would, so mean, that, 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 that would mean that the Bears made the playoffs, which is probably good enough. Maybe. Not if Aaron Rodgers throws for like 49 touchdowns. 49 touchdowns? Wouldn't even be the most in NFL history. That's Is that what you're setting? The over-under is 48 and a half for Aaron Rodgers touchdowns Just for me? Just saying, when you've got Garrett Wilson and Alan Lazard and... <laughs> Just had Alan Lazard! Yeah, but not as but it basically is his number one option, not not you know the number two option, and you know I think we're going to bring. I would not be surprised at all if Mike Evans or or Chris Godwin came aboard at the trade deadline. What what, and, ha- you know, what happened? Pierre, he comes you... in there to play on the line. Like it's just the things could be real special when they get Mike Evans, Godwin, and Bakhtiari to add oh, no, to one, the team. Wait, They'd only get one, one or the other. You told you told me last year that Corey Davis is like a top ten receiver in football. Now he's just trash. I, the number one most shocking story to me in the NFL is that Corey Davis was not cut. But, but they just decided to just carry his cap room for reasons unknown. Good for him. Maybe they do get, believe get like money. you. Maybe they too believe like you that he's a top 10 receiver in football. I'm sure Aaron must be a fan because I, I'm, I'm sure he has a lot of input on these things. Green Bay to win the NFC is 30 to 1 on DraftKings. I'm going to make that bet. I, I think we're getting a bit. Live I'm crazy. Yeah, day. you're right. But uh, I what think- I do like is that this podcast is officially and uh, and quite categorically anti San Francisco. No, all six of all three of us didn't put San Francisco in any of the two championship spots. Uh, well, that's because I don't think I- find an, on. I bet you ninety five plus percent of podcasts that would do this. Somebody would have San Francisco in their final two. We we didn't. We're against San Francisco. Okay, but I, I would mean, say by default, I like a lot of people who I guess are put in the spot we are. Like I picked the obvious team, and I wanted to be a little bit different with a second team. Like I wanted the team that I want to make a call on. Uh, if you're saying like for my kids' lives, I'll pick San Francisco versus Philly. 
Yeah, and Jeff and I both went over on San Francisco, 10 and a half wins. No, this show is anti 49 It sounds like that's, you're that's, pretty anti-49ers. I want the 49ers, the like I said. To go to the I, championship game. Like, you're against the Niners, too. I, I just wanted I, I did, to I did not. I did not San pick Francisco the Rams. Fans I, are I, did, I, I didn't pick the Rams to go to the championship game. No, no, that's right. You wanted to, then you backed up. You did pick them in the division. Yeah. Uh, but if San Francisco fans want to get mad, that's fine. Be mad at this show. This show stands against the 49ers. It, well, it doesn't because... Like I said, the single greatest outcome for me this season is a Sam Darnold-led 49ers winning the Super Bowl over the Jets. I don't think you know how much that would hurt me. No, I think he knows. That's why he picked it. it. That's why I I I, get it. I would have to go on my own, like, ayahuasca retreat to get over a loss like that. You're far too cowardly to do ayahuasca. (laughs) Do 18 in four hours. I could just go to I might have to go to a dark room. Uh, to a, to a, a dark out retreat for, for I don't know how I would recover from that. I'd like to think I'd bounce back quickly, but I think that would sting a lot. Well, after I you... have to acknowledge, I live in fear of knowing my team will disappoint me. But when you've waited as long to see what Tim and I want to see, the concept of making it to the Super Bowl and losing. And then in your head thinking, do I need to start this journey again from like the beginning? I might not ever get it again. I'm now. Yeah, 30, that's what I mean. It would 36, be... sorry. My team has never been to the Super Bowl in my lifetime. There's a chance that if they got there and lost that that's it for me. Like, I will never see them again. Like, there are Cubs fans who went 100 years and never saw their team win. Like, it's it very, very possible. Like, this is the only chance I've got. So, it you know. It means a heck of a lot more to me in some ways than those players because like I, I won't turn, have another crack. I will turn forty before the Super Bowl, so I don't believe I'll live past eighty. So yeah, I'm on the second half, and I got nothing to show for it. I feel the exact same way, exact same as you. Like this, this is our. We are. We are. We only get so many cracks at these, like legit cracks at these things. And I don't even consider my, my team did legit. So, based you're, on. You're, Pardon? Go ahead. I don't even consider the Chargers like a legit contender. I've expected fun and sadness. You are your mind is like Super Bowl or bust. Well, look, when you make all the wrong draft picks at quarterback and you basically sacrifice the future for two years of potential, um, this is it. Like if it doesn't happen here, it's uh, you know it's this year, next year, and then it's like fifteen years of sadness. So like it better happen in these two years or. I'm going to be sad. I need this. Don't please don't let me down. Please. All right. Don't well, let us down. That will do it for the Pat Mayo experience. That was just the NFC. Two hours, actually, pretty good timing for the matzo sticks. Yeah. Just <laughs> you're just you're having a drink at a bar before you go to the restaurant that you actually want to go to. The AFC is coming next week. The win total draft is coming next week. Best bets is coming next week. A brand new cost corner is coming next week. Then when the season is here. So strap yourself in, feel the G's of the Pat Mayo experience and watch out because he's coming for you. It's Tim and August. Tim and August. That, that is not my name, but it's true. The, the cot de boeuf, the porterhouse, the tiramisu, the, the face... caviar, it's all coming. It's all coming down the pike. This is just the the matzo sticks to get your appetite wetted.
Don't splooge Watch. all over your phone when you download it, Jeff. Tim's coming for you. People are all terrible. <laughs> Especially that coin. The coin never said anything offensive. The yeah, coin is the well-behaved one. Yeah, the coin is up to no good. What do you think the coin is really up to? Who did the coin pick? For what? The championship. You know the coin can't do that. Sure it could. How does it do it? It would have to pay, it would have to have division winners. Does the coin make a division? So the coin the, just the, to make, gets to make picks without without consequence. Well, the coin gets to pick 50-50 situations. Either oh, one yeah. side wins or the other side wins. You you know what a coin is, right? Oh, I forgot you're a big uh, Dungeons and Dragons guy. So you're like, ah, oh, 13-sided coin, dice, here we go. I don't think I've ever played Dungeons and Dragons. In fact, I know I haven't. I wouldn't even know how you play it. Like, do you still get the CD and put it in the computer to play? I'm sure you don't now in this day and age. No one has CD disk drives. I mean, you have the intimidation factor of someone who plays Dungeons and Dragons. True. That will do it on the show. <laughs> Smash the like. And in the comment section, you can either give me your favorite bet for the NFC or sell Tim on why he should have an air fryer like we all I don't to need do an air fryer. Earlier on in the course of this show. Smash like and sell You guys the enjoy channel. your air fryer. Well, you are here. I want to thank everyone for watching. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. I mean, you go ahead. You enjoy your air fryers. You have fun with them. You uh, tell everybody, how, you know, how could I live my I've had two for forms of my life, pre-air fryer and post-air fryer. Like, you go ahead and make it sound like it's this like life-changing thing. I have an oven. I have a microwave. I have a wok to fry things in. Somehow, I guess I'll manage to get by like the homesteaders of years past and my grandmother and mother and everyone. Like 99% of people have never had an air fryer. But of course, I've got to have an air fryer to change my whole life. When you get an air fryer, you're going to talk about how great it is. No, I don't think I will. I can't see the circumstance where I would have an air fryer. Just want to go home and see my kids. All right, fine. Sorry, I apologize. <laughs> Just now. Grinds my gears. It's really quite nice. Yeah, I know. Had you never been there before? I hadn't been there in a very long time if I had been there before, that's for sure. I like the saltwater pool. The wag, 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 what is it? The wag, lotic? The wag, the wag, waltic. Wag, waltic, yes. Yeah. Clay tennis court. See, that's the way to play tennis. Sounds like you need to upgrade your dream home. Get a clay tennis court in there. Well, just it's really sweet. They have like saltwater swimming pools and freshwater pools. You can sail if you want to. You can take any of their sailboats out on the arm if you want. Like I wouldn't hesitate to hop into a sailboat. Really? You wouldn't hesitate to hop into a sailboat despite not knowing how to sail a boat? I know which way is port and which way is starboard. That's it? That's all you need to know? You're good to go? I know, how to, I know how to get yourself a lee and a lit and stuff like that. All right. Sounds like you have all the angles covered here. Well, I am a master angler. But you're afraid of fish. Well, yeah, it's separate. So no new haircut for the trip. I'm hoping it'll get rescheduled tomorrow or Wednesday, but I'd like what? a new haircut.
Why, why am I all of a sudden getting Twitter notifications? Question, why don't you just go to a different barber? Uh, it's one of these things. It's like a close family friend? Sort of. Not a close family friend, but it's someone who's been cutting my hair for a while, and it would just be weird if I didn't go to her. She does a good job. She doesn't charge a whole lot, so it's one of I these things. It. How much are you paying for a haircut these days? 20 bucks. That's no, not bad. No. So. That's very cheap, actually. I the look you're telling me. Oh, I already opened that. Let's get this stuff open. The wind totals. Oh, I can't wait to talk about the cheat commandos. The other thing they have there is beach volleyball, which I've always wanted to play. What has prevented you from playing? Well, you can't play by yourself. But there's not just babes there ready to play? There, well, there wasn't last evening. You can't just jump into a beach volleyball game. It's got to be all organized, but it just it looks really cool. Why can't you jump into a beach volleyball game? Because that's not the way it works. You don't just tag, it's not like Red Rover. You just don't just show up and start playing. I mean, you can like sub yourself in and say, hey, uh, can I join? Sure. Done deal. I like to think I'd actually be pretty decent at volleyball. What would make you think you were decent at vol- like beach volleyball if you're not decent at real volleyball? I was decent at regular volleyball. I was a good I... setter. You were the, you're like 6'3". Why were you the setter? You should be spiking I wasn't. Ball. I wasn't good at spiking. I was good at setting. I have my doubts you were good at setting. Yeah, I was good at setting. Good at defense, too. How could you be good at defense if you can't spike the ball? I was good at digging. Really, your 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 elite mobility made you good at digging in volleyball, did it? Yes, actually, I, I would did. I would like to see you on the volleyball court, pal. I feel like I've lost a step or two now. His elite vertical got him up there for those digs. You should have seen this leap I made the other day on the golf course, Jeffrey, after knocking down a putt. It was, was that like, was, was that hold on, hold on? Was that when you were yes, playing with it was me? Like, yeah, it the was one like, the one that Augusta. Tim didn't legitimately jeff didn't get off the ground with this jump yes i did no you no you didn't <laughs> it's not a jump if you don't get off the ground well i guess it wasn't a jump then you went on like your tippy toes kind of oh please uh, uh. i have the south Ugh. so who's joining us on monday the three of us cam and rob uh, cameron and rob yeah cameron and is it just a five-man snake draft? Yeah. Okay. It'll be outrageous, or at least I hope it is. Well, I think you're going to be upset when you find that Cam's probably on my side for a lot of these takes that you've been bashing me about. Uh, like what? Professional eating stuff, buffet stuff, proper amounts of alcohol to be consuming. I think Cam will be with me. <laughs> you know what? You might be right about that. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. If Cam's in your corner, then you're right. Is your angle yeah, on this? Cam, Cam is Cam is the everyman. Cam really, you know what? Cam truly is the everyman. You are not. So if he's with, so if he's with you, you're with the you're with the people. All right, all right. Let's get this started. Yeah, save all the good stuff. We're about. I mean, we we are recording, but we'll be. This is all just coming of off the, the top of my head, Paul. Yeah, leave him alone. Uh, we'll start. Do with I the, look like a man with a plan? We'll start with the east, and then go to the northwest and south. Okay. Experience. 